Hi guys, this is Danny. And this is Molly. And this is Black Chick List. Mm-hmm. And this is our last episode during a certain administration hallelujah. That's true. I um, We are like crawling to the finish line. We as a country, we are crawling to the finish line here. I hadn't even thought about that. And like, we started this like right when he was elected. Is that true? A few months before. Like our very first episode was August 2016. So we only got a few months of peace. And then and then just tomfoolery up, down, left, right. What's the constant? It's the 20th at noon Eastern time. <laughs> that's the that's the official end. <laughs> you sitting there with my watch out, like oh, tapping wait. my wrist. So ooh, as a Pacific Coast citizen you don't have to live with him as long that's true it'll be right when i get up <laughs> you'll wake up to a brand new administration <laughs> so i just wanted to highlight that this this moment that we will never again have to record we'll never have another episode with a with a president trump true Whew. so but other than that how have you been you know just doing me <laughs> it feels so weird how everyone's just like yeah I've been working during the insurrection going to work <laughs> taking care of my baby on Twitter reading yeah not sleeping not sleeping I mm. think maybe three days a week I got two hours of sleep oh it's so bad I kept like refreshing it's like 1am in the morning I'm refreshing like the New York Times and like I know they're not putting anything else out but just in mm-hmm. case <laughs> But you know what, Danielle? People came here for some mess. Oh, yeah. People came here for not that kind of mess. Some mess you can figure about. I was going to say, technically, they got it. So it's January. Yes, it's January. And I do feel like we have more people because last year we were very, um, what do you call it, like social. And I think a lot of people came to us like, oh, look at these girls. Wow. And they don't. They might not know the tradition of Urban Lit January, which I noticed we change the name every time because we're not really sure what the name of the genre is. Is it Urban oh, yeah. Lit or Urban Thick? I don't. Or know. Does it, it doesn't matter. But I noticed that we're not consistent. The urban editor in me was like, Urban Thick. Yeah, I think I've been saying Urban Lit. I'm switching to Urban Thick now. Yes. Sorry I've to been interrupt. Urban Lit too. Yeah. Well, sometimes we use both. So Uh-oh. the editor and me was like, we got to nail this down. Do we, though? <laughs> is it part of our brand? I mean, it is very on brand of us to not be on brand. Oh, you know, totally 100% consistent. But if we ever do make t-shirts. Uh, but yeah, so this is our fifth year. Mm-hmm. And yep. I can't believe. Yeah, we had some real hits. This could be us, but you playing. Coldest winter ever, which thank you to everyone who said <laughs> she announced that there was going to be a follow-up. Uh, everyone who was like, I knew you two would be excited. Thank you, because that's going to be on a, I feel like that's going to be a future episode, so. Oh, ab- absolutely. And it comes out in March. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I'm so prepared. Then we did everybody's favorite, uh, Addicted. Addicted. Which broke us in a lot of ways. And, and the we, podcast. That was podcast. our first two-parter. 
our first part yeah that was like a five-hour recording session where it was just like <laughs> i still think about that book uh, anytime i see nacho cheese like i've been scarred <laughs> every time i see a mural <laughs> <laughs> and then last year we did um hold you down hold you down the st louis <laughs> st louis urban lit fic and so. um i think uh one of us might enjoy urban lit january a little bit more than the other but that's okay that's okay i enjoy the episode and like recording it and talking about it but i've got to get through the book to get there <laughs> So it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because it's always my favorite episode to record. I just hate the book that I'm required to read to do it. That's a, that's okay. That's fair because we we value truth here. I think Molly might genuinely enjoy both I the do. literature. I I, I and did, the recording. I do. Yeah, I I liked. I like. I think I finished. I know I got the sequel to the first one. Oh, you definitely did. I, Molly went out and bought This Could Be Us, but she playing two. Part two. But then after that, I was like, they increased in price. And I was like, I can't keep going on this journey. Like that much. Um, and then I, I genuinely actually enjoyed uh, Hold You Down. Did you? I did. I didn't know you genuinely enjoyed it. I thought you like ironically enjoyed it. No. See, that's the thing. I think a lot of people have like guilty pleasures or this or that. Because I like a lot of movies people would say are bad. But it's like, but I, if I genuinely enjoy them, if I genuinely, like my favorite movie is Miami Connection. <laughs> and it's about a band and they're all Taekwondo, black belts and all orphans. And they fight this gang of motorcycle riding ninjas. <laughs> and people would say, you know, they didn't have like the technical skills, um, you know, they, an actor, there's an actor change at the end of the movie. Someone couldn't make it back. There's this whole weird scene with like actual real bikers that they just happen across. And people would say like, okay, that's your favorite movie because you like to make fun of it. You like, and I'm like, no, no, I actually genuinely enjoy this movie. I think it's a good movie. I think everybody was having a lot of fun. I think they put their hearts into it. I think that that enthusiasm when you see it in a project, then I I like that more than something that could be very polished or, you know, where the New York Times is going to be like a masterpiece. Like, I think I value the the enthusiasm of a project sometimes oh, over the final know. result. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I'm certainly no uh, snob when it comes to things. I think we know where my taste lies, so <laughs> I cannot judge anyone anyone on anything you did make me read a book last year where two people had were doing well a, a lady and a <laughs> you had to backtrack from the word people an alien goat man had sex in a booth <laughs> that was also a fun recording see these books are fun to record <laughs> they are did you call well, him a goat man <laughs> well i mean he is kind of a goat man right they all goat man. I just pictured a centaur, and that's a completely different series. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh yeah. So yes. So I mean, I appreciate Urban Thick Month because I will say I feel like my and this is a question I'm going to ask you about later. My mm -hmm. knowledge of the genre has broadened because mm -hmm. I've read more of it than I used to. Like I've read 
before we did this, I like read one or two, mm-hmm. didn't like it, and then I never went back. And it was mm-hmm. like big names. It was like one of them got name dropped in this book. It was like Donald, is it Gaines, Goins? I've read one of his. Mm-hmm. I've read, you know, some Tyree, oh my gosh, Fly Girl. I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of the author. I think it's Tyree. So I've read some other, I guess of the I guess it would be like traditional publish versus like this indie publish kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I've read that. So it's been it's been it's been good, I think, to read and I still don't enjoy it, but I think I've become more knowledgeable about what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can better pinpoint, not just like, I don't want people thinking I don't like it because it's like, because when you read the reviews, it's like too much violence, too much sex, blah, blah, blah. The substance isn't really what bothers me half the time. <laughs> so, so. I can see that. Yeah. But we'll get into that. So what did we pick for this? I want to know because Molly came... Molly's really Molly finds the Rex for these, and I feel like mm-hmm. she enjoys that part too. <laughs> so, so why the cartel? Did you hear about this one someplace? Did it just what drew you to this one for us to read? Yeah, so I was just searching for like one that people enjoyed and was popular because my like my intention is not to go out and find something that's like terrible and then we just like rag on it for an hour and it's just like you know it's like oh like this is so horrible like I really want to see examples of this genre that people enjoy and um, really kind of exemplify why people come to these books. So I was looking for popular ones and I wanted something, um, even though this isn't the most current book, I wanted something a little bit more um, up to date than like, uh, you know, we did some some throwback ones, but I wanted another kind of more contemporary. Um, and then this one just kept popping up, popping up, popping up. And then I read the, the um, description and I was like, okay, that's that's different, you know, pretty different from the other ones that we've read. So all those together. And then I think a few people on Twitter had said like, yes, they read it or they were familiar. So I was like, okay, I think this would be a good, a good pick. Okay, cool. I will say like, one thing that I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it condescendingly, like these books, everyone we've read are really high rated. Like they have mm-hmm. people... So even when you say you don't want to pick one that aren't that isn't popular, like I don't think we've read well, I mean the coldest one are ever addicted, of course, but I don't think we've read mm-hmm. anything that's like that people just hate. Yeah. yeah. Like these all of the books we've read have at least a four point two five rating at mm-hmm. minimum. <laughs> so yeah, so so this month, I guess we should get into it. This month we read The Cartel mm-hmm. by Ashley Antoinette and Jeff, wait a minute, I gotta look at it. It's Jaquavis. Yes, Jaquavis. I didn't have it up. I only had Ashley. Uh-huh. Jaquavis Coleman. Um, I guess they just go by Ashley and Jaquavis, though, because that's what it says on the actual cover of the book. Yes, and in the universe of the book, they go by <laughs> Ashley Jaquavis. They do. They pull Stephen do. King and put themselves <laughs> in the book. So, along with author of previous Black Chick pick, Hold You Down. When I tell you, I was like screaming. There's like, that's one of the times when I like texted you and I was like, Danielle, this book. Oh my God. Like this book. <laughs> like they, they name drop um themselves. They name drop her. And then I think they name drop Sister Soldier also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They do the big names and then it's a whole moment. It's, it's... I just love that they're mentioned in like the same breath as James Ball. <laughs> James Baldwin, Lake Hughes, and Ashley and Jaquavis. You know what? You gotta reach for the stars sometimes. 
So I was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to even hate the hustle. Yep. It's like they got a dream and they went for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, usually I have written a synopsis. Mm-hmm. I don't have one this month because I forgot that I usually used to do that. <laughs> well, we can read the... Um... That's what I was... Yeah, you know what? It works. Yes, I have it up. It works. It it covers all the bases. It actually kind of a complaint, kind of spoils elements of the book. We'll get to it. So, so the book the book synopsis is: the port of Miami brings in millions of dollars worth of cocaine every year, and the cartel controls eighty percent of it. The Diamond family is a force to be reckoned with, but all hell breaks loose when they lose their leader, the most ruthless gangster Miami has ever seen. Carter Diamond leaves behind a wife twin sons, a daughter, and a secret. The secret is his illegitimate son, Carter Jones. When young Carter learns of his father's death, he comes to town and is introduced to the legacy of the cartel. Mia Moore is a woman who uses her beauty to enhance her skill as a contract killer. She is the leader of the Murder Mamas. When her crew is hired to take down the cartel, they get caught slipping and Mia Moore loses her sister in the process. She vows to get back at the cartel and she is determined to get her revenge. Unknowingly, she meets the son of Carter Diamond and he immediately catches her heart. She is sleeping with the enemy and when she finds out, she is torn between love and revenge. Young Carter and Mia Moore lead two different lifestyles. I mean, not really, but lead two different lifestyles. They are on opposing teams and when their world collides... When their worlds collide, the truth will be unveiled in an unpredictable ending. I also disagree with that, but that's another place. We didn't get an ending, and I'm mad about it. That's true. This book does not end. It doesn't promise you the ending that the book synopsis sets up. Like, they have this big confrontation where he finds out that she's, like, that is never dealt with. And I'm like, well, what the hell? So. Well, you are correct that that did spoil a lot (laughs) it's a spoil so much because so i luckily read it after i read most of the big plot points like the sister dying and Mm -hmm. i mean i guess spoiler alert for this whole episode i like because i read it i read the first like paragraph about young carter and his his Mm, showing up and i didn't get to mia moore's whole blurb so the whole her sister getting shot and killed and then her coming out for revenge because that's the (laughs) They were the ones who did it. I didn't read that plot beat. Uh, and I'm like, that was something. Like, I did get caught off guard by that. Yeah. And, like, that should not be in the book synopsis. No, because I feel like that is, like, that's a good, like, that's a important, you know, plot point that she's keeping hidden the whole time. So, I don't know. So, and because the way the book is paced, I don't think that murder even happens till 30% of the book. So, it's not like it happened off page, like the book started and she's mad. This is me getting ahead of myself, but that was just a complaint I had that maybe write your synopses a little less spoilery. And there you go. So let's, can we start like with the characters and then get into what the hell happens? Like the family. I think that's probably the best, the best way to do it. Um, I mean, I guess we should start with, uh, uh, what's his name? Carter Diamond. Yeah, I was going to start in general. I like how they have their own, like, family motto, Diamonds Are Forever. It makes more sense than um, Zoe's <laughs> slogan. Uh, what was it? Oh, it was so dumb. Um, but this one makes sense. Like, this, it, if your last name is Diamond, like, saying Diamonds Are Forever, and you're, like, you know. I, I would argue that maybe that should have been the name of the book, but at I the mean, same time. Yeah. Maybe 
whatever diamond company, what is it, Ellsberg? Jared. Jared. Maybe they got that on lock, so. <laughs> so, yeah, I like how it was, like, they were so committed to it. It was on the dad's headstone. <laughs> like, they were, that was their their slogan. Right. Live or die, yeah. So, yes. Car- who's So, there's Carter. I'm just going to call him Papa Carter. Papa Carter. Who is the patriarch and a big time drug dealer. <laughs> and we only see him for like a chapter before yeah. he literally gets his head blown off. See, that surprised me because I didn't know, I didn't read, I think I read a different synopsis because I don't remember getting all spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was surprised. Like basically, <laughs> there, he's in uh, the courtroom. Mm hmm. And they've paid everybody off. And or <laughs> and, kidnapped, and family, kidnapped members. <laughs> family members of the jury, which I don't know was necessary, but <laughs> you know, he wanted to cover all all but one of his bases. I think he covered. <laughs> and he's sitting there with his wife. Um, what is the wife's name? I can't even remember. Taryn? Taryn daughter breeze for some reason. <laughs> I was very annoyed by her name. It's a ridiculous name. Twin sons, uh Monroe, who they call Money, mm-hmm. and Mecca. Um and then uh his like right hand man uh Polo, who was my favorite character. <laughs> I was every when you said right hand man, I just get thrown back to that scene. Where the writer says, Polo, to his, he, ah, then to his right-hand man, Polo, who sat at his right. <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up. But I was like, thanks. It's like, oh. So basically, they're all they're all in the courtroom. He gets off, and everybody's like, okay. And I, I was it, what's the other one that has kind of a big shootout at the courtroom? He hold you down also has a big shootout. <laughs> on the courtroom step so it's kind of like you know an old movie and the court is this huge huge like right they're walking down carter diamond is like yeah i got off he's got his kids and everything and then all these haitians come out like fucking ghosts (laughs) the way they talk about haitians in this book is i told Molly it was a hate crime it was a hate crime Oh, I like two things on this. First, I cannot promise I will say Haitians like clueless. <laughs> Share doesn't clueless. Two, they didn't just pop out like ghost Molly. They somehow replaced the entire police force <laughs> with Haitians. And it's like the way we talk about them, like they'll be looking at a police officer. <laughs> and then it's like so many people in this book pull off their hats to reveal locks and, <laughs> and that lets them know that they're Haitian and you know what I'm going to sound very ignorant right now but are Haitians are like locks big in Haiti I don't know I don't know if they're any like more popular there than they're in, in any other like diaspora country like right. are locks more popular than in like Jamaica right. or I, I don't know but that's the that's how you know you're dealing with a Haitian in this book is they wear dreads, except for the one smooth nigga who shaped a low top <laughs> and had light skin. Oh my god, yes. 
And it's like, okay, let's talk about that. There, the colorism in this book is, it's too much. It's way too much. And it's always kind of like present in all the books. Because whenever they describe attractive women, this is like how it was in the other books too. Whenever they describe attractive women, they're usually light-skinned. They don't mm-hmm. really describe women who are like dark-skinned or have like really thick Afro-textured hair. Mm-hmm. And like it hits you on like the first three pages in this book. And right. Really- <laughs> or they're talking about supposed twins, Money and Mecca. It's like Mecca is light-skinned. Money is the light-skinned good right. one. Mecca is the dark skin creature. And it's like they are supposed to be Dominican, a Dominican yeah. family. And so that's why them and the Haitians have <laughs> this like life or death struggle. But it's like, you know, that plays out so much. They're like, they're Dominican. So they're light skin and they have like green eyes and they have quote unquote good hair. And the Haitians are like popping out of the walls, like, with their locks and they're all evil we do see some like Haitian main characters later and I would argue that they're no more or less evil than the, than right. the diamond family they're, I mean like you can't say that they're like you're all in a gang you're all running drugs and you're all killing people I mean what's the moral what's the moral level we're running to in this right so they all the police officers like Danny said have been replaced by these Haitian gang members they pull off their hats to reveal (laughs) their Haitian ancestry and they just start shooting like everything up it's like page I don't know like three or four this is the prologue (laughs) the prologue they're just shooting everything up and so um uh Carter he grabs his wife and he grabs his daughter he tells his what 17 year old twin sons, 18 year old twin sons? He was like, Stay here, <laughs> you know, and keep because apparently they were strapped up too going to the courthouse. Um, and he takes his daughter, they run into the courthouse following this light skinned <laughs> cop. They uh go down in the basement or something, they find a police car, he gets in there. The guy turns around, surprise, he's Haitian too. <laughs> oh. Can I read the quote? Because Molly touched about the skin color. The direct (laughs) quote is, the man wasn't a cop at all, but a full-blooded Haitian that could pass for a regular Joe, his light skin (laughs) disguising his heritage. That is the exact quote. (laughs) He pulls his hat off and he just pops the dad in the head. Right in the head. And that's the end of the prologue. We just... (laughs) Which, why is it a prologue? That is chapter one, because chapter chapter one, the next chapter just picks up, we're going to the funeral. Well, like the funeral is pretty eventful, Danielle. I know, but it's not like there's a, I, don't, I guess I don't understand why it's a prologue. Like, <laughs> there's no big time difference between this and the next chapter. Like, the action just picks up. Because it's classy. Yes, I guess. So, having said all that, there's there's a few things I want to talk about in this book. Um, that I don't think are apparent unless you're like looking at it. Each chapter starts with a quotation. I noticed that all but one are quotes from characters in the book. (laughs) And the other one is from Tupac. Exactly. (laughs) He's the one guest. (laughs) I mean, if you could have one guest, you know. That spoiled some stuff too. And I'm mad. I'm like, stop spoiling shit. Right? It's like when you read like an article online and they have the big pull quote and I never read it because I'm like, okay, I'm going to get to it. 
Well, there's one. I think it's like chapter eight. It's when this is jumping ahead. There's a character who has a very traumatic <laughs> disfigurement done to him, and I thought he was done. I thought we were done with him. But That's then we get to point. like, yeah, we get to like chapter twenty or twenty one. Right. He's quoted, and, and I'm like, like oh, he's oh, this nigga comes back. <laughs> so I'm like, why must this book spoil its like it's constantly telling on itself? Constantly. Constantly. Um, I guess that's the only thing I wanted to bring up. <laughs> no, I noted that too. Because I remember I hit the first chapter and I'm like, and they're all, and they're like, the quotes are kind of, let me find one. Cause they're not like, it's not like not the characters are saying something. Yeah, they're not relevant to the plot, nor are they saying anything deep or profound. It's stuff like, uh, now I can't find a chapter. There's strength in numbers and we will get through this as a family. Polo. And I'm like, okay, fine. That one's not even that one that bad. But oh, yeah. here's one. Brother or not, next time homeboy stepped to me like that, I'ma rock his ass to sleep. And it's like, like what? Uh, okay. What? what? I mean, I guess I could think about the context of that, but you're gonna tell me in like half a page, so <laughs> And like it just get rid of the quote. It is so <laughs> funny. It's so funny they include them. Yep, it's the Tupac one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So um we get some flashback stuff about who the Diamond family is and, you know, they're very extravagant um, outside of Money and Mecca, you know, being this, <laughs> you know, good and bad brothers. Uh, Breeze, she's very spoiled. She's like her father's uh, uh, little daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name again? I forgot it again. Taryn? Taryn. Um, you know, she's like real... Uh, um, strong but bougie like at some point I know she's like walking around the house like in a nightgown and stilettos because she never not wore heels and it's like on her marble floors and I'm like is that good for marble floors to constantly be in stilettos it can't be good for your knees <laughs> your back hates you <laughs> but her father um, Estes I think is his name um is the one who gives them their coke connection um so he shows up later but you know just kind of lay in the landscape um i don't think there's anything else important from the flashbacks really i'm just going through notes but yeah there's that one scene where they pass a cup of like (laughs) some kind of alcohol around he makes the young boys drink it and i'm like yeah there's not a lot important you know, they're passing the drink around, and I feel like they say, like, no homo, and they're, like, drinking out of the cups, because they said real niggas did real things, and the cup got passed around the room, and all the men drank from the same cup. And it's like, they're, they're like, but not in a gay way. And it's like, y'all, relax. <laughs> you can say that at a lot of points in this book. Ooh, ooh we're gonna get there. Um, so, yeah, but I was right, that, the flashback, does, it really doesn't pick up again until we get to the funeral. There is one thing, I guess. Uh, there's so many lines in here that feel like lifted. Um, I guess with their money at Mecca, like oversee them drinking from the cups. And I think it's Mecca comes up and he's like, Papa, I want to be just like you. I want to be a gangster. And I could not like stop thinking about um, all that movie, uh, Goodfellas. You know, it starts off, he's like, ever, uh, ever since I want... Oh man, I I had to link to it. I have started with the wine already. If you can't <laughs> um, 
ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> like he yelled it. And it was like, I don't know. It just really made me think of that. And I was like, did they do that on purpose? But that's just an aside that I had. It does have a lot of like mafia gangster movie mm-hmm. to it. Like more so than some of the other books we've read. Like we've read a lot of books where there are people who are hustling and doing crime, but I don't think we've read things where it's like well, maybe organized. Cold, maybe coldest winter ever. Cause he was pretty organized, but yeah. Yeah. Zoe wasn't Zoe and Jason weren't doing the crime. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Dominique was about in that one book. So um yeah so you know you're you're it's just a lot of scene setting until they get to um the funeral scene which i think is where danielle started texting me because it was just constant foolery tomfoolery so i do want to say so this scene is this chap the funeral is also where we meet young carter who the synopsis says is a secret but is introduced and then very much treated not like, like he is introduced. The wife knows about him. He slips into the family, like just fine. There is no, I thought for sure there'd be an issue between him and like Mecca and money, like in this conflict. And no, not really. Yeah. They're like, welcome fam. I was like, oh, okay, you're my brother. And it's weird because he looks, I guess he looks exactly like his father and he has his name like tattooed on his neck or something. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, Later, when Mia Moore is like, "What?" you know, I was like, "How did you not notice?" <laughs> like, I guess maybe she doesn't know. Did she not know? I don't know if she knew that much about the cartel until her sister died. Like, she's she a had a murder reason. mama. She's a murder mama. Well, I guess that's true. She's gonna know the scene. <laughs> I also liked how they said he had the same mannerisms, and I was like, "How though? Girl. He never met this man." <laughs> And he's like living up in Flint, you know, he's doing all this. I mean, I guess it's like the classic, like nature versus nurture, you know what I mean? (laughs) But he's, um, he comes down and he's like, I'm just coming to my dad's funeral. Like, I really don't know much about him. He's pretty hostile because he's like, you know, my mom was a nurse and (laughs) she had to work so we could afford this two. She's talking about like the two bedroom, two bathroom house or something. Mm -hmm. Um, in the, the suburbs of Detroit and all this stuff. And so uh Unc Polo takes him around and he's like, You didn't know, but your father was like paying for this and that. And it's like, but your mom was still like a CNA, like if he was really taking care of y'all. <laughs> like your dad was like the biggest drug kingpin in Missouri or not Missouri in Miami. <laughs> well, I think wasn't it like she didn't want to not work? That's what I kind of got the impression of. Like she okay, could have stopped were- working. You could pick a job that's not like... She could have become like an RN or BSN and not have to do the actual grunt work. That is true. I mean, you know, props to her for that's like a thankless job. But I'm just saying, like, he was still talking about her and how his mom was struggling. I was mad. Like, how did his dumb ass not pick up? Like, he knew his mama, what his mother did. He's running all this drugs. He knows money and amounts and how far it gets you da, da, da. how did he not put two to do together and be like how is my mama on like probably what a thirty thousand thirty five thousand dollars salary afford all this stuff he just went with it he's like okay i guess overtime i guess <laughs> he didn't really seem to care too much about much of anything no. um but he's like you know i got some business to do down in miami 
Um, but in the meantime, like, I'm going to go down, see my dad's funeral, you know, pay my respects or whatever. <laughs> and uh, he he walks in, like, everyone else is already there. They've come in, they've done all their stuff. Breeze is crying, mm-hmm. all this stuff. He walks in, everybody's like, oh, my God, like, it's him. <laughs> it's okay. I just like him. He's that. That must be his. He, he, he had another son. Like, people are freaking out. And then the Haitians pop their <laughs> Well, okay, so first they just come up and they go and they view the body and Polo's like, no, it's cool. They ain't gonna like, act. They ain't gonna act right. They're gonna act right because this is part of the game. And they hawk a Luki onto the body. And then I don't remember how it happened. Somehow I think I enough. Think the cat, the cat, oh, that's the right. You get out in the body, <laughs> rolls out of the casket, and onto the floor. And he's just rolling, and it's like. <sighs> I do like this. Is the first part where we get to hear the Haitians speak. Oh and my god. They, Arriving, Zora Neale Hurston for the dialect. But I feel like Zora Neale Hurston, when you hear it, it clicks, and you're like, okay, this might be the way like motherfuckers were talking down in Florida. I, oh, like yeah, in the forties. Funny, it's bad. It's just a bad Jamaican accent. I don't. Yeah, I don't think anybody <laughs> is speaking like this. <laughs> Me going to kill you, motherfucker! <laughs> and the three remaining Haitians made a run for it. <laughs> But yeah, and so Mecca and Money, because they agreed to leave their guns in the car, mm-hmm. they're unarmed. So, you know, Breeze almost gets shot by one of the Haitians, but luckily Young Carter is there. Yeah. And he, he clears them out. He saves her. Yeah, he saves Breeze, he clears them out, and everybody is like, you know, our new hero. <laughs> I just will never get over the mental image of like his body just, just bopping around the floor. Because some Haitians, I don't even know. I'm just picturing like, I don't even know what I picture. I'm literally picturing the guys from Ray Strubman for some reason because I listen to a lot of Black Beatles while this, while swinging this. It's like, and this is where we really get into it because this book does not let up. It's <laughs> With, like it's like moments that are just like, the fuck is happening? What is going on? It doesn't, but at the same time, I was so bored reading this. <laughs> It's so because it's all tell, 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 tell. Like even mm. in the scenes where shit is happening, it's like, oh, he, they spit on him and then they knock over the casket and he fell over, rather than like actually like describing it. See, I don't know the writing. It's like if you re- this book reads like if you Molly read this book and then repeated back to me <laughs> all the Just major points. Yeah, and it's like okay, <laughs> with. With some dialogue in there, but like it's nothing. There, it's just it felt like a list of things just happening. True. So I was so bored. So, uh, you know, young Carter, and every time I heard that, I heard I thought Baby Yoda. Um, so <laughs> Baby Carter. Now? Yeah, Grogu. <laughs> I don't like it. He's Baby Yoda for life. <laughs> um, so young Grogu. Um, <laughs> He kind of steps in and he's like, well, I got to go take care of some things in Flint. He's very much like, I got to do this and then I'll go do that and then I'll go do this and then I'll go do that. Yeah. So 
<clears throat> he kind of, you know, goes off and he says, I'll help out with the family, I guess. Like, Polo kind of talks him into it. He's very reluctant. He does not want to get involved in their mess. Yeah, it's the he's... money that convinces him, right? Yeah, he's like, well, like, I, I mean, it feels like he was going to say yes. Like, he was just like, I, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I got to protect my sister and my brothers. He's very connected to Breeze in a strange way, like, right off the bat. Yeah, and I was like, please don't go in some weird direction, because I was concerned. Luckily, it didn't. Luckily, it didn't, but I will, when we get there, like, one of my favorite seasons when him and Breeze go shopping, because it's like line after line of, like, ridiculous dialogue. He gives her a makeover, essentially, a style makeover. But before we get to that, we have to introduce the next batch of characters, which um, are the Murder Mamas. Yes, led, I guess she's the leader, by Mia Moore, which is, can I tell you, I was like halfway through the book before I realized that how it was supposed to be read. I was reading it as like Mia Moore or like Mia. I don't know what I thought it was. And I was like, oh, because I typed it on something for a tweet and I was like, oh, Mia Moore. Oh, I get it. (laughs) And you know what? The Murder Mamas make this book for me because they're like, you know, insanity Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> it's like there's a scene where they're like sitting at Applebee's, like planning their next hit, and they're like laughing over the two dollar margaritas while like <laughs> committing to really heinous acts. And I would love a book that was just about them. They reminded me of Unique's crew. I can't remember what their name was. But if like Unique's crew actually did something instead yes. of just constantly getting lucky, <laughs> if they aspired to better. Oh, yeah. So yes. we have yeah, more. Mm-hmm. Anise, Aries, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Robin. And Robin. And they are, I guess, the most prolific murder for hire company in all of Miami. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a Miami Dade County's first choice in contract killers. They give a statistic, and it seemed high. It seemed high to me, and I'm trying to find it. Um, was it that like 80% of all murders were done by them or something? <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I need a source. Yeah, I, I like looked it up. I was like, I feel like a lot of people get murdered in a big metropolis like that. And if they do 80%, that's a lot. And it's just a four. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot, Mia Moore. <laughs> you bragging. I don't, I don't, I need a source. I need a crime <laughs> report on that. I mean, but you know what? And I believed it in a way that I did not believe unique in them. <laughs> That's, I guess they do. Like, I will give this book one thing. Like, I felt like, because that was my problem with the last book, is like, we have these people who are like pretending to be these big ballers. They're balling, they're criminals, they're making all this money, but they're complaining about their $1,100 rent <laughs> and going to UMSL and like driving a Nissan. And I was like, they have more modest dreams. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, but you can't be running around talking about how you hard and balling and gangsta <laughs> complaining about your $1,100 rent. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, be a more like, you know, and it's, I think, a marker of like urban lit. Like, you know, they very brand conscious. Um, okay. There's going to be a lot of talk about what people are wearing, oh. what people are eating and all this stuff. And it was like high end stuff. It wasn't like hold you down. No, it wasn't. <laughs> You said this. This was a thing I was going to ask you. This was like you putting on your English major hat and looking at like if you had to define like genre conventions for urban fic, mm-hmm. 
what would be some of like the required genre conventions? Because I feel like the focus on what people are wearing, driving, carrying mm-hmm. is a part of that. And I don't know yes. why, but it feels like it's not complete if it's not there. But it also doesn't add to the story at all. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it does give you a really good sense of the time. Oh, it does. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of people closing foldable cell phones in this. <laughs> and listening to Jay-Z albums of a certain decade. And I feel like it gives you, even more so than, like, I feel like literature, like just regular literature, um, like you kind of wanted to feel timeless. You kind of, like, are told, like, it's supposed to not always give you a sense of, like, the time or place. And I feel like other genre fiction, like, that we read, like, science fiction, fantasy, it could be, like, you know, it's playing around with time. Romance is very focused on the relationship between the two people. But I feel like um, urban lit or urban fic, like, the city that it's in, the time period that it's in, like, the tax bracket it's in, (laughs) you get a real, real sense of that. Like, and I feel like it's important, like, it's trying to capture the feeling of a time and place. Like, and I think that that's when we talked about Zane and it's like, all of this took place in the nineties, like everything yes. that happened because oh, it's like. And sister soldier, sister soldier more so. Sister, I think. Yes. And... True. Um, so I think that that's probably a convention, like setting is extremely important. And the way that they get to setting is through like the physicality of the descriptions of the objects. Mm-hmm. Um. I would say it's probably, I would probably put it as a subset of like crime fiction. Like, really? Because um, I was going to say almost maybe even romance. I say like, it's a mix of like an intersection of crime and romance. Yes, because this is like everyone we've read, it's mm-hmm. like two people who shouldn't be together, but mm-hmm. are. They don't always end happily, but that's the gist of it. Like, right. And I would say Midnight, like, Zoe and Jason. Mm-hmm. Dominique and whoever the hell she was, I don't even remember. He was kind of he was kind of shitty though. That one was about like a shitty dude. <laughs> but like the relationship was a big it was part a big, of the story. That's true. Yeah, the relationships because they take so much time out of this book to talk about the relationship between um uh baby Carter and Mia Moore. Like it is important. And then everybody kind of is getting paired up and all it's very yeah. And then yeah, I that feel like, in the other book too. Right? I feel like the male leads are supposed to be like they're supposed to be good people in that they treat their women good. Yes. Like they're not really cheating. You know, cheating is bad. Like you can go out and kill a whole bunch of people. <laughs> but if you cheat or you beat your woman, all that stuff, like that's when you become like the bad person and not the hero. Yeah. Or you cheated before. Mm-hmm. But then when he meets whoever the main character is in the book, then suddenly he doesn't want to cheat anymore or he stops mm-hmm. playing around or he can't look at other women. Because like of all like the romantic male leads that we've read about, Carter takes like very good care of me. <laughs> he does. Like he's probably one of the like best. Because I was thinking like some of them were really effed up. Didn't like, what was Unique's, who was Unique with? Like didn't he hit her at one point? He either hit her or he, like, had the the depressive episode where he was, like, had the gun and he wanted to yeah, let it was, Yeah. And then we know jo- Jason and Zoe were sexually incompatible. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, like, and then Midnight just straight up hated one. 
<laughs> he was like, I, I got no time for you. He was like probably the best like romantic male hero we've read in like these books. Like yeah. he buys he's our personal chef. Like that that took me out when she was like, I can't cook and he sends the chef to her house. I was like, so he doesn't take her and it's like less the cliche like he doesn't take her shopping and buy her a whole bunch of stuff he does buy her a dress that is apparently like a pre-release i don't know how it (laughs) refers to in the fashion world yeah she's like this ain't even on the rack yet exactly and then like uh he rings the the, she hears the doorbell ringing and he's like there yeah (laughs) and it was like this is straight out of like love actually or something but no, like they're really, they get along well and they're both, like, she's like, I think I love him. He's like, I won't break our heart. Like they come together and like feel each other. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I'm gonna hold you down. Yeah. There's no conflict. There's like one scene where he's like at a bar or a club and, yeah. like, and he has like some groupie hanging all over him and she gets jealous and he, and he like tries to chase her out and apologize. But like yeah, a lot like, of the conflict. I didn't even want to come to this club. He's like, be on, ho. <laughs> Well, you know, it kind of is weird. It's not just him. So, like, we got to get, can we get to the money in Mecca <laughs> love triangle? One thing I want to say about Mia Moore, because I, I, she was the most interesting character to me. Even though she has this love story that's, like, not, if you took out all the murder and everything, it's, like, not a problematic love story. <laughs> it's pretty good. I feel like it sidelines her from what makes her very interesting, which is the fact that she's like, she murdered 40 people last year. <laughs> like, for a you're, lot of the games, she's sitting out, except for like some very upsetting scenes, which we'll get to. That is true for like doing 80% of the murders in Miami-Dade County. She doesn't do a lot of murdering in this she book. She a lot of time thinking about where Carter. young Carter is. <laughs> I sometimes forgot that she was a contract killer. Right? Like, I had to be reminded. <laughs> so, that is a very good point. And it's like, I don't... There is the one scene, you're right, and it reminds yeah, you in a very big way. We'll get to. I, I we'll need to pour to. more wine before we get to that. But I guess Mia Moore and Carter meet at a casino where <laughs> she sees him, like, ripping off some people at the table. <laughs> and they're there as part of a setup for, I'm kind of fuzzy on the details, but basically Mia Moore was supposed to be like the point person or the Mm -hmm. watch while her older sister Anissa went ahead with Mecca Mm -hmm. because he was a target of the Haitians. So the Haitians Mm -hmm. hired the murder mamas to take out Mecca and Anissa was going to, I guess, honeypot them. Which just seems like a lot of work. It's the only move that they have, like later with Fabian. Yes. do the same damn thing and it was like isn't this how your sister died but you want to set up this whole okay sure 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 so and she wasn't even armed yeah. like, not even a knife nothing just some GHB powder and that was it <laughs> yes so they they go to a motel um, a holiday inn <laughs> the holiday inn with the valet <laughs> And she because, gets separated from the rest. Yes, they lose her. I think they're trailing her in a car, but they're too late. Something. Yeah. Um. And basically, because they are late, Mecca uh, figures out, 
you know, kind of what what's happening, and he kills the sister. Yes. After, do they have sex or no? No, that's the other scene. Never mind. So she's coming out. She tries to trick him to drink to taking a poison drink. He won't drink it. She instead of playing it cool, like throws it in his face. Like she can't drink it. I get that. But I mean, like you were committed to this whole seduction game. Distract him, girl. <laughs> like she throws right. the drink in his face and then tries to like book it, but she can't make it out of the room. Right. That's an amateur mistake. You are not like 80%, Molly. You said it. <laughs> 80% and they're making these mistakes. Like easy, simple mistakes. Yeah. Um no gun. Got no gun. Lost, Got lost the car. Lost the car. Holiday in. <laughs> Like, you should, like, they should at least, the room should have already been set up. Somebody yeah. else should have been in the Holiday Inn room. She, she could have been like, it. this is my room. And then the other two could have been there waiting for him. Yes. Why do they need to follow if they, oh my gosh. We just, why do they need to follow if they knew they were going back to that hotel room? Didn't she get the, isn't that what she said? Or am I mixing it up with another scene? I thought I she said that she had, she had gotten the hotel room first and then gave the girls a key. She did. Or what's that the other one? I can't remember. Or either way. They're like just, very similar, the two quote unquote hits that they were gonna yeah. do. But even even if that isn't what happened, that's what should have happened. She should have said right. she was from out of town, come back to my hotel room. The girls are already there. Why are we better at contract killing than they are, Molly? Right. No, right. so this is not, this is not. Uh, room that they had before okay it should have been <laughs> like that is such an easy thing to fix <laughs> so let's talk about some of the sex scenes in this because there are a lot there I are a say lot five pages. and like i don't enjoy reading them <laughs> because uh, the language used like every time i'd read one i discover a new there would be things like a love button uh, <laughs> that was one there was one like oh he operated on her love box with the precision of a surgeon that was another there was one a lot of euphemisms. but and you I, know what there was a lot of euphemisms but then there was a lot of times where they just said straight up what they were thinking like uh, oh where'd that go um, Anissa loved a big clean dick <laughs> I mean so she's funny. matter of fact about it yeah and it's just like, yeah, there would be extremely, like, I don't know why they would even bother with the euphemisms if they were just going to say, like, like they used both. They used the euphemisms and, like, the actual word, like, dick mm-hmm. and clitoris and all this other stuff. And it's like, well, if you're comfortable enough saying clitoris, why do you have to say love button? <laughs> because I can't take that seriously. <laughs> oh, the worst was virgin wound. I hate that. I hated it. It was with Breeze and Zuri. Oh. I always forgot it. I already forgot his name. And I read that and I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Wound. <sighs> and it's just like that. I don't understand. I don't. It just confused me because if you're comfortable enough, they they have no problem writing dick, clitoris. They talked about this a little bit, but this was written by two people, like a couple, right? Yeah, a man and a woman. I don't know if they're a couple, but it was written by I a man and a woman. I think husband and wife. Which is kind of interesting <laughs> with all these sex scenes. Well, even with, I just don't, like, you're very, you're clearly comfortable just using the straight well, maybe up. Maybe one of them is and one of them isn't. Isn't. Oh, that's true. Maybe. Well, then the one who is <laughs> needs to handle those scenes. 
because between virgin wound, love button, um, the penis didn't get like the male parts didn't get it as bad as the. What well, one point they say his hat? Yes, that could, that was like it didn't confuse me, but it did throw me. I was like, <laughs> like I had to stop and read it again. Because at first, you know, I definitely pictured an actual hat. <laughs> yeah, just a little hat on his dick. Exactly. Like a little, a little, uh, a little Yeah. <laughs> well, they're always talking about how styling they are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't enjoy reading them. And then they go, like, this might get too deep, but when you read, like, sex scenes in a romance novel, it focuses more, the physical parts there, too, but it's also some of, like, the emotion and, like, what they're feeling and all that other stuff. This one is just like reading someone describing someone <laughs> having sex. Like he kissed her neck, then he pushed inside her, then he th- and it's like okay, okay, I know how I know what sex is. You know what? It didn't bother me. It didn't. Okay, that's fine. And I, it wasn't as bad as like so. Like I, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. and that's why it didn't bother me because it wasn't as terrible. Like they didn't like a. Only those, the only real problem I had were those terms. That was the only the term, thing. Like, yes. The terms and kind of like the juvenileness of parts of it, which again, we will get to the the slap slap part. But. Oh God. <laughs> you have these who are supposed to be like these grown ass people doing all these things, shooting people up. But like when you hear, when I read these words, I'm imagining it must be like their inner monologue or whatever, or that's like, <laughs> What's it called? Limited omniscient, where it's like from their perspective. Uh, and he's so like it, thinking, like, oh, that pussy's so good. Slap, slap, fart. Yes. <laughs> or, or she's thinking about her love button. I'm like, is that really how she refers to it? Right. Like, that, I hated that. Oh, I had forgotten about it. And now it's stuck in my head. Because it's like, they made a conscious choice to write that, Molly. Yes. They made, yes. They yes. made a decision to do slap slap fart and it's not mm-hmm. an anal fart no and that's <laughs> how you that's how she knew it was so good so no i didn't enjoy this <laughs> and my I phone will say that like especially towards the end of the book the level of violence was like really intense it it, it wasn't really specific it was hard to read the like i don't know man i don't yeah. i'm a wimp i can't read like mecca will easily just pop someone in the head that can kill so many people just fucking casually (laughs) casually Uh and it's like it's hard to go from like the every if on every third page someone is like fucking on every second page like someone's getting shot and that was on every first page someone was saying like a really sad backstory it was like this is taking me out (laughs) it's 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 crazy and like and it would be like minor, and like you would just sit there, and all of a sudden it happens, and then we're moving on from it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he shot the, he shot like Mecca. I think the first murder we see on page is Mecca shooting their own guard, mm-hmm. because uh, the Haitian sneaks his way into the property. Is that not what happened? Yeah, it's like the limo leaves with Young Carter and them, and then the Haitians come in in an identical limo. And they're like, oh, if we just go in real quick, they'll, you know, they won't search us. Yeah. They come up, they say their piece, they leave. And then Mecca's like, I'm going to go kill that guard. And he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> there was one other scene we need to get to where Mia Moore goes to the head Haitian, Matey. I, I say Matey, but I don't know. I, I like don't Matey. Know. 
funnier. <laughs> Who's throwing his daughter's birthday party at his drug compound. Oh, my God. There was a line, like, uh, this has nothing to do with anything. I just want to read it. Um, Mia Moore is pulling up to the compound, and she's observing how, you know, fancy it is. And she's one of the things she observes is the grass was perfectly even and greener than fresh broccoli. I just thought <laughs> it was funny. Like, of all the things to compare it to. Fresh broccoli just feels oddly specific. Um, but then she goes in and she's talking about like she needs to know. So she knows that Mecca is the guy who kills her sister. Mm-hmm. Or she doesn't. She needs to go to him to get more details about the guy. That's mm-hmm. the, she's like, that job you had us do, I need to know him so I can like get my revenge. And while he they're at this party, the cartel, specifically money and Mecca break into the party and kill mm-hmm. a bunch of Haitian henchmen. Yeah, they don't just break in. <laughs> it's like you hear Mati and um, uh, Mia Moore having a conversation where she's like standing crotch to his face. And she's like, it smells good. He's like, actually, yes, it does. That's the guard. Actually. Oh, the guard, sorry. Because <laughs> well, she has to get patted down. The kids graze, they go out, they see everyone murdered. Smash cut to Money and Marlboro taking off clown costumes. Baggy clown suits and size 44 shoes. They committed. <laughs> committed. They could have pretended to be caterers. Anything. <laughs> they could have snuck in there. Me and Moore got in. They went, no, no, dude, we're going to be clowns. They'll, they'll, be they clowns. won't ask questions. And it's just oh, this whole book. There's yes. so much. There's so many scenes where I'm like, I think there was the scene where uh, Carter takes his sister shopping, and I just want to say like he's telling her what to to yes. wear, like it's queer. <laughs> and in one scene, he's like, she comes out in something. He's like, no, that's terrible. You look trashy. And she's like, what should I wear then? And he's like, I'll tell you. And then he clips his phone on his belt. <laughs> and oh, and he does. He tells her, like, what sounds like a pretty cute outfit. <laughs> it's like a white suit, like a, mm-hmm. a lounge suit, basically a pantsuit outfit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cute. So I love that he not only knows men's fashion. Well, to a point. I love how every time they describe Young Carter, he's always wearing Sean John. <laughs> like he's never he's never wearing any other brand it's always Sean Sean she- jeans the Sean Sean button down I didn't even notice that. I noticed it because I was like does this man own any other brand of clothes <laughs> also it just felt so aughts it was <sighs> yes yes so intensely aughts yeah so he's they're, they're over there having fun and shopping there is like a cute little scene where they go to lunch and he sees Mia Moore in the restaurant. They go to a restaurant called, what is it, like Breezy's or something? Yes. <laughs> Which, okay, here's another thing. Once Papa Carter was, you know, Hurt. murdered, <laughs> sadly, um, why didn't they just go like quote unquote legit? Like they have all this real estate, they have all these restaurants, they have like, you know, they're in all these other businesses. Like, why didn't they just say, okay, we're going to be criminals. Like, we're going to be white criminal, white collar. I keep saying white criminals. We're going to be white collar criminals. <laughs> I have two theories about that. Mm-hmm. 
First is, I don't think the money was as good as the heroin. Mm. Second, they kept saying over and over again, especially Mecca, they don't want to look weak or like they've lost any of their standing. And so if they like retreat from pushing the cocaine, they keep saying like, we have to remain untouchable. That's what Mecca says. They can't let the Haitians just take over. I think if the Haitians weren't there, like constantly like shooting up stuff, they could have maybe like scaled down. But now they've got these people on their back adding this pressure. They got to save face. They're like, no, we're going to keep it up. They've got pride. This is a pride thing. And you they know what? That's how I get you. Pride gets you. Because it it's like, I feel like that scene where Mecca goes in and he's like, I'm the CEO now. <laughs> of the realty company. Of the realty company. Like, they say what they're pulling in on that, and it was like an insane amount of money. I mean, yeah, it was good. And it's like, why, why not just go do that? <laughs> you know? Like, I think I think it's the pride. I think it's like they it's can't. It's gotta be the pride. Foolishness. Because <laughs> their father's funeral got shut up. They just, they gotta look like they know what they're doing. And then, and like the same way, to our next scene. Yes. Which then does lead to our uh, love triangle. So I guess Mecca is doing his like, I guess if he was, it's like the equivalent of collecting rent. He's going to all his 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 men and getting the money. Can I say that I've been reading a lot of like period pieces of like <laughs> the dark ages and stuff. And it's like the landlords will always like ride out and collect their rents like once a year. <laughs> and I was like, damn, it really it really sounds like that. Yes, it does. He's like going to and he's got Lena with him, his on and off girlfriend. <laughs> and he goes to one house to get the money. Or no, he sends Lena in to get yeah, the money. They pull well, up, he tells her to go in, and she's like, yeah. why? And he's like, shut up, go. I'd be asking why, too. I'm like, look, this shit is dangerous. I don't right. know what's going on. Like, people got guns, it's money, something goes missing, everyone's looking at me. I want no part of it. Right. But she goes in to get the money, and while he's sitting out in his car, so I think he, he's, I almost missed it the first time I read it. I had to read the scene twice. This girl approaches him and tries to talk to him. And while she's talking to him, another man comes up behind and is planning to shoot him in the head. Yeah. And it's like he's into it until he sees her shoes. And then he's like, you are a hoe. Be gone from me. Well, yeah. And he also notices that she's paying more attention to the person behind him. So they're working in tangent. But her shoes are just secondhand and too dirty. So he ain't yeah. about it. So he's not about it. But then, as you said, someone comes up, tries to kill him. And once yes. you know it, Mecca shoots another person in the street. Oh, God. And it's just, shoots him in the leg first, right? Because he's like, who are you? Mm. Who sent you? And it's his own people. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I'm sorry, we're just going to rob you. He's like, huh? <laughs> How did you think this was going in, man? He shoots this guy in the street and drives off and leaves Lena in the drug house. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he feels guilty about it for like, he does feel guilty about it, but he's like, well, I had to get out of there. So they left Lena crying and screaming with a bag of money. Yes. And so money for some, he tells Mecca to lay low because he just killed this guy. They're mm-hmm. twins though. So they're so twins, but they look nothing alike. But he did go to their business, like their actual legit business building covered in blood, having just murdered someone. Pulls this dude out of a meeting. Out of a board meeting where all of their investors are. It's just, you got to keep, if you're going to keep them both, keep them separate. Right. 
And I was like, so, you know, like, if you want to, I'm just saying, I don't think you guys know what you're doing. <laughs> like, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, Carter was the only thing keeping that shit. Oh, working. absolutely. The <laughs> only thing. Like, Polo, aren't you supposed to be offering some guidance? Guide- I mean, Polo's trying his damn best. He should have been, what is? what do they do when, like, a king dies and, like, the heir is too young? Really oh, the regency? Yeah, like, he needs to be the regent until these fools get it together. Because yeah. they, they don't know. But, no. yeah, so, Mac Money goes over to Lena's, or, well, he goes to get Lena. Yes. And then they go back to her house and surprise, they fucking. Yes, they've, and they... They have sex, and they've been having sex for a while. They love each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's like, you know, I can't be with your brother. I really love you. And Money's like, I love you too. And they promise they're going to go, you know, legit. They're going to open up. Do they have sex like in a whirlpool bathtub? Is that the They scene? do. I think that's why we get the slap, slap first. That's that scene. <laughs> the whole time I could have, th- I was like, they're going to fall. They're going to fall right in that big old tub. I was distracted because, like, they were really going at it at the start of, like, the sex, right? Mm-hmm. So then they stop to pour the, to, like, pull, to make the bath. Like, why didn't you just, <laughs> like, I don't know. It just seemed more inconvenient than just going to, like, a bedroom <laughs> or a couch. Well, like they, I mean, like I said, there's so much sex in this book. They didn't want to repeat. Like, they have two on the beach, one in a bathtub. I just, it just felt like, I was like, okay. I mean, like, we're going to, they paused everything to run some bath water. And yeah. they got back to we're it. We're going to take a bath. I love baths. <laughs> I would do it. Just, you know, do that, at, like, have the sex and go, at, I don't know. It just seemed. I see what you're saying, though. Yes. It was just weird. And this was, again, that's why we got the, um, the slap, 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 slap right. part. Which just, she bucked her ass wildly each time she backed it up. Their skin slapped together loudly. He was hitting it so good and making her so wet that her pussy began to fart. Slap, 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 fart. Slap, yeah. Slap, I mean, we fart. can describe it, but you really need to hear it in context to know. This book is on audio. A paid narrator read this. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> And then it ends with the music that their bodies are making could be heard throughout her apartment. That's not music. <laughs> slap, slap, fart. That's going to be my my single. And so it ends with Lena begging Mech money to tell Mecca that they are in love mm-hmm. and so that they could be together. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want the other brother. She wants Monroe. Mm-hmm. Which honestly seems like the wiser decision. Yeah, it seems like it makes sense. <laughs> So chapter 10, it starts at the Applebee's. <laughs> this is, they are discussing the job that I'm sure Molly, Molly said there's some book in this where she has a whole scene, like almost the whole page highlighted. And I yes. think it's coming close to it. <laughs> and I remember reading this and I was like, where is this going to go? And to be honest, it doesn't. It doesn't go anywhere. Well, let me take that back. It does. There's one, this whole scene is important for one thing and that's just so Fabian can recognize her later. But they get this job for a guy named Fabian. And the job, I don't remember who requested it, but basically Fabian had been, trigger warning, I probably probably have to put one in, Fabian had been raping someone's brother in jail. And so there's a hit out on him now. And as part of the hit, there's a special extra credit 
mm-hmm. portion where the murder mamas have been tasked to chop off his dick. Yes. And they will get an extra $20,000, which is important to know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if they do this. Yes. Now, it does get like super duper homophobic. Oh, <laughs> like, right I mean, here. Yeah, it really does. And she says like he's dirty, like at one point, but then at the same time, she's like enjoying having sex with them. And I'm like, well, which is it, girl? Is well, he nasty? She, or are you having fun? She doesn't want penetrative sex because she's like, I don't know where his dick's been. But when he eats her out, she's like, oh, he's good at this. <laughs> so. But don't they say he kind of smells bad too or something? Oh, no. I thought she just called him dirty because he was gay and she thought he was having anal sex. I thought I could have sworn they said he smelled bad. I don't know. I mean, it was more homophobic than that. It, it was, was just like, I mean, it was also homophobic, yeah. but this was, that was like a big, I was like, this is a scene where I'm like, oh, no. And you know what? That's not even, so, you know, you're reading it, it's real homophobic. <laughs> and then, and then they cut his dick off. And we, and it's not subtle. It's no. not, you know, they don't cut away. I think it takes her a couple hacks. It, it, that's the word they use to describe it. And like that word, if they just, any other word, like if it had been a clean shoop, I could have, but it's that they have to take a couple of tries and they use the word hack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like that they argue about it. <laughs> gonna do it. It's so very then, real. And then was it Robin who does it? I can't remember. No, it's Mia Moore. Because Mia it Moore. comes up later. Or does it oh, go right, later? Right. They argue about the money almost immediately. Yes, which I actually thought was funny. Like, because she yells out, "Yes, I just got twenty thousand dollars," and the other ones are like, "We split everything." You just like we just said at the beginning of this chapter. And she's like, "No, because I was the only one who did it," and because they're arguing, that's why he gets away. away. Yeah. Well, it's their own double again. Amateur mistakes. They leave him there to go argue <laughs> in the bathroom. If you're gonna kill him. Who the hell cares if he hears you arguing about it in front of right. him? But I think maybe that's when they said it smelled bad. Oh, that did. Well, I mean, they did just cut off his dick. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, I think, when they go to the bathroom. I texted so- the volley. They didn't say if he took his dick with him. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I wasn't sure. Because as Lorena, Lorna, whatever her name is, Babbitt told us, they can reattach it. That's true. <laughs> A good urologist who just stitch it right back up. Oh, it was just, it was a lot. I remember, so Danielle, I think I finished this book before Danielle. You definitely and she kept saying like, oh, you know, sending me stuff that's happened. And I was like, you're not even, you aren't even there yet. Like you aren't even to the point. <laughs> and then when I think when I hit it, I just sent you emojis. Because yes. I could not bring <laughs> I did think it was funny that they ended with, like, the description of him running buck naked across the parking it's lot. It's like, if they hadn't had all the homophobia, like, little straight up, like, gay bashing hate in this, this could have been a funny, upsetting scene. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, like I said, they're like these, like, kind of psycho Powerpuff girls. They <laughs> trick this guy. Kind of like if you had just been like a rapist or something, and you know, and it could have been like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this thing, and we're like nuts, don't mess with us. Um, and then he, you know, they're arguing over the money, and then he runs out. Like that could have been a scene where it's like, 
wow. But yeah, the homophobia in it, like many things, homophobia <laughs> ruins it. Well, you know, colorism, homophobia, the straight up anti-Haitian. <laughs> it's like, that, like it's it's there's a lot of, there's, there's a, lot a lot in this book. Like Fabian kind of disappears for like ten chapters. Yeah, I thought he was the fine. End. I did too. I I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what's the well until that quote at the beginning of the chapter spoiled it. I'm like, what's the point of this scene? Yeah, oh. and then it's kind of like because then she immediately then we go into like a very long stretch where it's just like Carter and Mia Moore like jet setting and having a private chef and and it's like yeah you really don't yeah they just they just be fucking a lot. Yes, and with people in other rooms, like the the realtor, <laughs> like in the other room. Um, I do love this scene because this is where Mia Moore gets kind of taken out of the game by Carter. Um, and I think she said, uh, for so long, everything had been negative in her life. She was all about her business. Murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. And I've forgotten how good it felt to just live. <laughs> That's deep, Mia Moore. So she's eat, pray, loving. <laughs> so yeah, so she, they're getting together. Neither one knows the connection. Mm-hmm. To the so by this, Yeah, by this point, Mia has worked for the man that killed Carter's family members, or mm-hmm. his father at this point, and Carter is the half-brother of the man who killed Nisa's sister. Right, so. and it's kind of like on... Like, I understand, like, on her end, you know, she's a murder mama. She's kind of in the game. She, you know, they say that she's kind of cut off from her emotions. She's not kind of operating from a normal position anyway. And then if you see this guy, he's got all this money. He's very flashy. You don't know what he does. He keeps traveling. He's got his name tattooed on his neck. That's also the name of a notorious drug dealer. Yeah. You might put two and two together that this dude dealing drugs you know what I mean but he I guess he does ask her a couple times but I feel like more upset that he didn't probe more into her background like here's just this woman on her own she's got all this money she seems kind of emotionally you know messed up about some things um and he knows she has some kind of criminality skills because he saw he sees her like pickpocket or I guess whatever you call it at a casino table where you steal people's money he sees her do that and she's good at it and she doesn't get caught and she uses right. her like body to do it all so her and sexuality. you would probably know that she's not a drug dealer because you run the biggest drug uh, game in Miami so you probably know it's not that yeah what is this what is this girl doing I think she comes up with some cover story that her dad that's right she's the daughter but then she also says that she was living out on the streets or something. And I was like, this isn't all adding up, Mia Moore. And I just was like, you know, Carter, if he was so smart to have like put two and two together, like, wait a second. Hmm. Something's up. Something's up with this chick. Yeah, but I think you're right. It is. I'm now that you say it, it is more on her. Like <laughs> He's hanging out with the cartel. They're the biggest movers of cocaine. He's got, like, after you said, I forgot about the name tattoo. Like, he's right. got it right on his neck. He right knows, on his neck. Knows, yeah. She knows Mecca's connections. So, I don't know. They're, neither one of them pay really good attention, to be honest. No. They just get together. They have sex on the beach. <laughs> like, they literally have sex on the beach. They pull out some strawberries. I got scared, but it was okay. <laughs> yeah, they, the food is handled. It's it's well done. It's not yeah. crazy. 
That's not disgusting. There's no jam. Chocolate. So, but it's kept above the waist. I'm like, thank you. That's fine. Um, but yeah, you know, once that they don't, they don't really care. Yeah, this is actually where Mecca's downward. Mecca is probably the only one who takes any sort of like character arc in this whole book. He starts off crazy and kind of ends crazier as a result of grief and quote unquote. So this is where, so he's, I don't know what happened. He's like laying low and he's like, what happened? Because he had just shot that guy. So they're looking for him. They go out to a club. Yes, that's right. He hits her at the birthday party. Yeah. So it's Lena, Breeze, Monroe, and Money. Monroe and Mecca. Um, it always trips me up that his name, like sometimes they're calling him Monroe. Sometimes they're <laughs> calling him, like, that always trips me up. Um, and that they're twins. So they all go out. Um, Breeze and Lena are, are dancing. They're having a good time. And a guy's kind of like dancing her up on her. Up on her. Mm-hmm. That goes like kind of out of his mind at this point. And he takes a champagne bottle, which I believe were thicker than normal wine bottles. Like he straight up probably murders somebody else right here. Like that's a, that's a big injury. And he smashes it over this guy's head. And of course, you know, then they have to be on the run again. He also shoots the guy's friend in the leg. Oh, that's right. Because the friend's like, leg. Friends like, what the fuck? <laughs> Shoots him on the leg. In the leg. Um they run out in the parking lot, I believe. Yes. And he's backhands Lena. She's falling on the ground. Everybody's like really upset. Breeze is really pissed because she just wanted to have a good night out. Right. Breeze is just like, she's like, I don't know what y'all be doing, but <laughs> I am just a rich spoiled mixed girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Money tells Breeze to take Mecca home. And then Money says, I'll take Lena home. Yes. So they go off in their cars. And um, (laughs) because it's like, you know how you picture something in a book and it's like ridiculous. Um, Lena and Money go home. They start having sex. Well, I think she says she's pregnant at that point. She's pregnant. Um, She's She's going to get an abortion. We learned... We learned that Papa Carter was really against abortion, which I thought was a little <laughs> hypocritical of him. Even though he's killed, like, you know, countless people and is a drug dealer and all this stuff. He just, he's not, he does not support a woman's right to choose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're going back and forth. This is when the Tupac <laughs> All I need in my life said. I only know the Jay Z version. I totally forgot there was a Tupac version. That's fair, but you know what? Like, I feel like Tupac was older, like an older generation. You know what I mean? Like slightly old, more Gen yeah. X. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because yeah, I I immediately thought of the Jay Z version too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know they're going back and forth. Uh, she's like, it's it's absolutely definitely yours and i had to look up i was like okay if he had twin brothers and he did a dna test but i guess it can tell well yeah well we we go back and forth are they identical or are they fraternal they are they have to be fraternal because of the way that Light one that's true. is <laughs> like they're the two male leads in the tyler Perry. Yeah. so um, yeah. so if they're fraternal they could do a dna test either way either way yeah. nowadays 
yeah, I look I looked it up because I was like, could could she get away with it? But you know, Lena could not, unfortunately. They go back to Mecca, he's sucking out the cocaine like a Dyson. Um <laughs> Lizard Tupac. Um feeling real guilty about slapping Lena. Yeah, he's like, This isn't the man I am. It, it seems like it, it is, but it, it very much is. Um, he gets into his Lamborghini and he drives over there. And this is the part that like I was cracking up because he like sneaks up to the window <laughs> like in Heathcliff or something and he's looking in and it's like uh, he, saw, he sees his twin brother passionately kissing her. He sees her uh, rubbing Lena's behind. He sees her like enter Lena. He sees them like you know share a beer after sight. I was like how long was his ass stick there? How long are you gonna watch your brother? He wanted a whole show. And it's like at some point you had to have been enjoying that, you little nasty boy. Like, <laughs> you gotta sit out there two hours watching them. So I get oh, up to get some water and go pee ten minutes later. <laughs> he wanted to let them finish first. Right. So then he does walk in. This is the line that cracked me up. He walks in. They they're still going when he walks in. So because he notices that her moans are so loud and that she rode Monroe with more passion than she ever rode him. So she comes back in and this is the line. She yells, Mecca! Lena yelled as she saw the look in her eyes. She knew that their secret was out of the bag and I wrote like, you think? He walked in on you literally having sex with his brother. Yes, the secret is out of the bag. Yeah, that's it. They found out. <laughs> I was like some kind of like delirious by the time I got towards the end of this book. So there are lines that are not inherently funny that I just couldn't stop laughing. Yes. yes. And that was one of them. <laughs> so once again, Mecca's got a gun in his hand and he's pointing <laughs> it at somebody. And first he shoots Lena. Mm-hmm. And it's very dramatic. She dies and she's like, I love you, Monroe Carter. Before she. Yeah, I love you, but I love you. She's like, I love you, Monroe, much more than your brother. I never loved him. I loved you always. Every time I was writing him, not as well as I wrote you, I was thinking of you, my love, money, Monroe, Carter. Goodbye. And there's a single tear that escapes Monroe's, and and there's a single tear that escapes Mecca's eye. And then Mecca stands up. And shoots his brother. That I didn't expect. I didn't expect that either. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, that was wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know why I didn't expect it because soon people start dropping like flies. So. <laughs> yeah, it's like it really takes a turn with the dick hacking off, <laughs> like the level of violence in this book. And so rather than own up to it because he knows he can't, Mecca blames it on the Haitian, mm-hmm. the Haitians. Which they are just at home at this point. Because they've called a truce. What? So they're just chilling. Mati and all them. Yeah, he says he's a man of his word. So, so that's, that's that. And then basically, it's kind of a mad, like from here, it feels like it's just a giant mad rush to the end. <laughs> At least for me. Yeah, I can see that. And we're about 60% 60. into the book. Yeah. Because everything from here on out sets up like that final showdown yeah and it's almost like a shakespeare play at this point because people just are starting to drop left and right there are like there are some good 
seen some good lines that, you know, made me laugh, like Mia Moore calling Mati on his uh, super duper security system, which when he received a call, he knew your first name and last name. And your location. And I was like, this is 2008, sweetie. This is just fine, or, you know, share location. Two thousand eight. I don't think so. Like I don't know, but even in two thousand eight, I feel like this wasn't super duper high tech. <laughs> like I feel like this was within within reach. <laughs> but yeah, but another thing that has happened is that the murder mamas have broken up. Mm, basically, that's true. So like, and that's why I think like everything sets up that final show. So basically, the murder mamas break up. Mm-hmm. Maria Moore is like, I can't kill because they they have this plan. They're gonna go to Money's funeral and mm-hmm. shoot everyone there. And mm-hmm. this is when when I, I'm gonna mess up everybody's name. There's too many M names in this damn book. Mm-hmm. This is when Mia Moore discovers that Carter is related to Mecca and the cartel. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. makes a discovery at the funeral, so she backs out. She can't do it, and it becomes this big. She has a big fight with the other girls because. They go in and, sorry, I looked at one of my notes. They go in with H&M raincoats, which I just thought was a funny detail. And so she can't do it because she loves Carter now. Like, she can't. Mm-hmm. She caught feelings. She did the one thing all of these books tell you not to do. Mm-hmm. She got feelings. So she can't follow through with it. And so she basically tells them her mama she can't finish the job. This pisses off Robin and Aries. And mm-hmm. it's like, the gang breaks up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, bye. Yeah. Also highlighted, he had a black Sean John suit, so he literally <laughs> has no other clothes. I did like some of the scenes at the funeral, like um, uh, Becca saying that they had come out the womb together, which is <laughs> just a funny way to describe your twin. <laughs> this book uses a lot of funny ways to describe things. It's like Carter. when you're trying to avoid saying said, it's yeah. just get more and more ridiculous. Proclaimed, you know, yeah. <laughs> Carter whispered as he pulled Mecca's head into his chest as if he were his little nigga. <laughs> oh, I love it. There's a lot of lines in here that just brought me a lot of joy in a really dark week. <laughs> a really yeah. week where a lot was going on. <laughs> um, Another, so there's two like other big things that could sit up. One is that Lena is not dead. Yes, which also she, surprised me. How did she survive? Like, who came back for her? They need to explain that. Right, because Mecca immediately goes and tells Polo, but Polo doesn't seem to know. It's Estes. And she got shot, like, multiple times. Like, didn't she get shot twice in the chest? But she's fine. The baby's fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. I don't know how that baby... I forgot about the baby, too. Like, oh, my gosh. How did either one of them survive this? And Estes is like, yo, he's like, so you're carrying my grandchild. And he's kind of like, well, this is the only one who could carry on my name. And it's like, but this is your daughter's grandson. So I don't know how that's good, how that works. And he's like ready to write off the whole family. And it's like, well, you know, you saw Breeze. Like, yeah. If you want to say, oh, this is my bloodline, like, I don't know why it was so important to him that she was like, oh, as long as it's a son, he'll carry on my name. And it's like, no, he'll carry on your son-in-law's name. Yeah. His diamond. So and that also, weren't they super racist? 
Oh yeah, because there's a whole scene where uh, uh, Taryn is like, she was full blood Dominican and she didn't do that interracial dating. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. But Estes shows up. He's like this evil tanned man. We know. We know he's tanned all over. A Dominican man emerged from the shadows. It is like, there's just, he says, you know, I'll take care of you, but just tell me what happened. And Lena's like, yeah, um, about that. Mecca shot everybody. He, you know, he killed, uh, Monroe, he killed. And I really thought that when she said that, he was going to kill Lena, like, to keep it I quiet. did, too. Like, he, he took her under his wing, like, yeah, he was with like, no, no question. Yeah. He's like, okay. He's like, that dude's dead to me. He killed my grandson, so that whole side of the family. And Lena, you and you and your baby are the future. So, like his daughter's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like his daughter, and granddaughter don't know anything about this. He disowns the family with a quickness. You know, he was like, waiting to quickness. Oh so my god, he's got mm-hmm. this baby. He can shape. That's it. Yes. He's, he's gonna have that baby, and then she's gonna be dropped off somewhere with some hush money <laughs> if she's not straight up killed. And he's going to take that baby. That's what he's planning to do. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you know what? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, Molly knows things. And then another <laughs> thing, I think the other big thing that happens is that Mecca goes to the hospital, either, I guess, to lay low. Mm-hmm. And while he's there, his roommate is Fabian. It's Fabian. Yeah, and so he's in some kind of strange rest home. I didn't really understand. I like, I'm like, is it a... Is it a is it a like a psychiatric? Because it felt like yeah, it felt like they were on lockdown. Yeah, it wasn't an actual. It didn't feel like a real hospital where you have like rights to like go into. Yeah. But Carter had put him there because he tells the rest of the family he's like I, you know, he tells them to lie. They want to believe it because they don't want to think that he killed his twin. Um, and Carter's like, "Don't worry, like I'll hide you." He takes it to like this rundown rest home or something <laughs> and I, I do like the scene where Mia Moore goes she's like she thought they were going to get dinner he's like I gotta go check on my murder brother <laughs> um, and she's sitting there Fabian sees him or sees her yes. and he like immediately drops behind the chair he's like <laughs> hiding he's like trying to hide behind <laughs> a grown ass man He's like, that's a mission. Cut my dick off. And she's just sitting there. She sees him. She's like, whatever. Uh, you know, she's like, that's that's beneath me now. And um, when they leave, Fabian says, hey, that's a murder mama. Um, and I thought it was weird that Me- Mecca had no idea who they were. Yeah. He's if supposed to be responsible. like in the streets. Right. If they're responsible to, what did you say? 80% 80. of all <laughs> And as many people as he murdered, she would have to murder, you know, so many more. Or like they would they would need their skills. Like, I don't know. It just seems weird. Yeah. Nobody knew anybody in Miami in this. That's fine. I'll go with it. It needs for the booze. So he tells, I can't remember. He tells, does he tell what's his face? No. Does he tell Carter, like, hey, my roommate says your girlfriend? I don't think no. No, he doesn't. And he kind of disappears from the book for a while. Yeah. And then, oh, we almost skipped this. So Carter has his people come up. This yes. is eight since a year. Yes. It's years assigned to... To breathe? To breathe, like her protection. 
Yeah. And it's like, this is where it gets into like YA teen land. Cause he's like, you're this beautiful light-skinned Dominican princess and I am a medium brown <laughs> dude from Detroit. From the and other side. And I know there's that scene where he's like, he taught her how to read, basically. Yes, I have the quote. (laughs) He took her to Borders and introduced her to reading, which was a pastime she had never had. He piqued her interest as he spoke fervently about authors such as James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, and Alice Walker. He even put her up on the street fiction, starting her out on Donald Goins, and then suggesting street writers like Ashley Jacobus, Keisha Irvin, and Sister Soldier. Let me tell you, I love I, Danielle, I unironically love that they did this. Like, I I loved it. I can't even say that like enough times when I read it. I think this was another time when I texted you and I was like, there's going to be a part where you're just going to scream. I'm still laughing because it's just, it's just so funny. And it's just like, there's so much, like you said, that they mention themselves in the same breath as James Baldwin <laughs> like Stinky's Alice Walker. Um, you know the big, the big, the big ones, the titans of African American literature, <laughs> and then that they mention two other <laughs> January authors. You know what? Weird. That's evidence that we are doing a good job at being well read in in picking these books. You're doing a good job. Yeah, like I just I love that it was like finding an Easter egg in a video game. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, you got hold you down. <laughs> And Cole's Winter Ever. I love it. I I loved it. Um, but they're rolling around and it's very kind of dumb. <laughs> it it's really super takes it out. Yeah. Life threateningly dumb. Yeah, she's like, I want to throw a party. And he's oh, like, I was on another part. That's also dumb. Oh, just that whole scene with like Zaire and Breeze and she's like, I'm going to throw a party. And she's like throwing a fit. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you mean you're going to throw a party when everything's going crazy and all your brothers are like shooting each other? And she's like, well, it's the thing my father would have done and would have wanted. And you know what? Even though it sounds stupid, she's right. Like they should have been, literally, they should have just been keeping up appearances, being rich, living off that company. They should have been trying to go and collect rents like some kind of feudal lord and being <laughs> shot up and getting into all this mess. They really should have just been keeping up appearances at this point. Like, she was absolutely 100% right. What they should have been doing was planning parties and staying out of people's business, spending money to keep up appearances. But it goes to that pride for the men mm-hmm. keeping that drug lineup is part of keeping up appearances. Mm-hmm. So. For who? Monty? Okay. <laughs> Where another point, Estes at some point murders all of the Haitians in Miami. Oh, yeah, they get dealt with, including the guy's daughter. They get yeah. dealt with like off page, and it's like a blip. Like we I don't come back even, to it. Like at some point, Monty comes back and he's like, "They killed my daughter. They killed my wife. They killed everybody I knew. They killed everybody in Haiti." And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I could not remember <clears throat> when I got to that like when that happened. So you say off book, I was like, okay, I would have remembered if they did that. Like if one point you're saying like, I'm against abortion and the other point you're like killing a five-year-old. Like, 
But Epstein's really comes in and he's like, you know, I'm going to clean this mess up. Yes. He invites Polo to a boat. <laughs> this was my, this is what made Polo my favorite character. <laughs> it gave me a uh, hold you down flashback. <laughs> he invites Polo to a boat and he's basically like, I'm cutting off your cocaine. I'm handling this. We've taken care of my of Matey. I, I'm running this game now. And he's like, and Polo is really like, he's a good Polo is like blindsided. He was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I was gonna say, I don't know what the opposite of like, I don't know what a business wingman is, but he's like he's trying to be a business wingman. He's like, young Carter can handle this, he can do this, blah blah oh, blah. Yeah. And it says it's like no, and he like he's so against it, he stands up. Whips out his quote unquote little tan penis. The, they use the word unleashed, which brought <laughs> his small tan penis and peas on Polo's shoes. And I was mm-hmm. like, the disrespect. Oh my gosh. And then after that, they give him basically like a rowboat, tell him to get <laughs> off the boat. <laughs> and Polo's got to row back to shore. And I, why I like Polo so much is, like, they imply, like, he's sitting there and he's rolling back and he's like, this shit ain't for me. I'm moving to Los Angeles. <laughs> he's like, I'm done. I'm done with this bullshit. I kind of hope he, well, I was hoping he and Taryn would, like, work something out, but <laughs> oh, <relax. no. laughs> But yeah, no, I, I did kind of enjoy that scene. I was like, I'm glad he didn't fight back. He's like, I'm too old for this shit. I believe <laughs> He's like, well, he saw he saw that little tampitas and he's like, that's it for me. He's got wet shoes and he's got to row home. He's done. He's like, I'm done. That's enough. So so this sets up, so she's throwing this party. So it does, it sets up the party. Is it the fourth of July? No, I'm getting ahead of myself again. I, <laughs> I just remember them being at a party at the end of the book. And it's not a party at the end of the book. No, it, it is, is not a, a party at the end of the book. Very much not a party. So we go back to Breeze and Sayer. Mm-hmm. And they have been, much like everyone else in this book, I fucking know. too. No, they haven't been fucking yet. They've been trying. Well, the part I was at, they're trying to. They are about to. Again, on the beach. Again, several times in this book, people stop and ask <laughs> the male partner to put on a condom. Yes. Which, you know what? Good. Good. Not Except that at least... <laughs> It's still a lot of kidnappings and death in this case. That's <laughs> true. Well, there is one scene where um, Breeze and Zier yes. are going at it, but they don't have a condom. Yes, they are about to have sex. She's laying on the beach. Her legs are wide open. Open wound. Oh. Virgin wound. That's where they use it. She's like, let's go get a condom at the 7-Eleven. And... Not prepared on either one of their part. Like, they no. had to... It's like, uh, um, you know, I did you ever watch The Wire? No, I need to because it's very good television and I know I need to. Oh, I was going to say, well, I'll just say spoiler alert. Someone gets killed in a convenience store in a very surprising scene. Okay. It kind of harkened back to that, the scene. He's like standing there. His dick is hard. <laughs> he's trying to buy these condoms and they're like they run up on him and they're like we just kidnapped Breeze <laughs> because we we know that the two disgruntled murder mamas have been mm-hmm. tailing both Zier and Breeze waiting for their moment to strike and maybe 
and Mati's with them. Yeah. Yeah. They're all in the car. This is when we <laughs> this is when we learned that all the Haitians except for Mati and Aries. <laughs> Aries is Barbadian is Barbadian. Oh, I thought she was I thought she was Haitian too. Uh they're out in the car. He, even though he has met them before, um at the club when they uh you know what's her name ran out Mia Moore she's crying uh you know doesn't have the street sense he claims to have and is like oh and he sees Breeze being shoved into the into the trunk or something and (laughs) which is all funny image it all goes downhill from there and at one point she looks down she sees that he has a heart on and she's like oh it's like (laughs) like, my dude I thought it was funny after this that he was not murdered. Like, right? I really one thought guard, that. that one guard lets a limo in. <laughs> he's two to the dome. So it's just, it was wild. Yeah, I really did think that they were going to kill him, but they were just like, whatever. Like, I don't even know why they went in to say anything. They could have just snatched a piece of <laughs> See, it's these theatrics that get them in trouble. It is the theatrics. But yeah, so it starts getting really well, it slows down and then it gets really wild. I think I got it all. So they're at Breeze's memorial. It's like six yeah, months later. It gets ahead. Um uh Taryn is like, Yes, we can finally have a funeral because no one's heard where she's at. Zaire is not telling anyone exactly what happened. He's just like, Oh, they got her. Um, Carter's all sad. Nobody's seen Mecca, he's disappeared. Um, and they're at her memorial. Um, I can see your confusion why you thought it was a party because it had all the balloons <laughs> and like champagne. They were dancing like it was. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, and then because this book has three funerals, <laughs> people die at all their funerals. Is that right? Does anyone die at the second funeral? No, they were about to though. Yeah. That's when the murder mamas were gonna stroll up and, and kill some folks, but they don't get it. They don't get a chance to. So it turns into like a. Um, uh, it it reminded me of the scene in uh, Cinderella is Dead, with like people having really intense conversations while dancing. <laughs> oh yeah, because Mia War is there with Carter. I thought they said they were gonna say she was pregnant, but they didn't. Um, but she's just kind of there, like mildly amused, because I think she's kind of a sociopath. And so she's like, oh, yeah, your sister's dead, whatever. I'm going to have some wine. Uh, <laughs> Taryn has like, lost it because she's lost her whole family, understandably. She's pretty upset. Yes. Carter's trying to hold everybody together. Polo is bounced. Hello. <laughs> and um, uh, that's when Mecca comes in. <laughs> and he's I all did- wild. Yeah, uh-huh. I did kind of enjoy this scene. So Mecca's like, can I dance with your girl or whatever? So he's like, ha ha. She's like, oh, what is that? She's like, ha ha ha. He gives her a drink. He's like, ha ha ha. Little did you know I put poison in that drink and it's going to kill you. And she's yeah. like, ha ha ha. Little did you know I gave that drink to your mother. <laughs> she's like, I guess. And she's the way she's, it's really the way she says it. She's like, yeah, bitch, no. Your mom just drank that. And it's like, again, Amateur mistake. <laughs> Why would he just? He should know that she would never just take a drink. Could right. he do the same thing? 
Right. People tried they, to off him with the drink. He didn't take yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't take it. Like, he really is, like, lost at this point. But she's very, like, nonchalant about the whole thing. She's like, oh, yeah, she there's a dude. <laughs> yeah, there's a dude who killed my sister. Whatever. He's like, yeah, go go get your mom. Like, go say goodbye to her. Darren falls <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. Did. <laughs> and unrelatedly, at the same time, the feds bust in. Yes! I forgot about that. You're right. And we learned that Ace had tipped them off? Yes. Ace, who all we know about, came from Flint, was having sex in um, uh, Carter's guest room. And then, yeah. And who he also described as like his best friend from like childhood. Yes. If like Zaire is like his son, then... um, Ace is his polo. Ace is his polo. Like his brother, like... But he got caught with a bunch of drugs on him and he flipped like immediately. <laughs> Even though it seems like they could pay people off and kidnap jurors' families, so he probably would have been fine, but Yeah. They got like we know they got, oh, you know, just kidnap some more jurors' family members. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um so the feds rush in. Mia Moore's more upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> they take Carter off. Um I guess they don't care that Taryn is dying on the floor. That's a very valid point that you're not paying they're much like, attention to it. Yeah, they're like, well, whatever's going on there, I don't know, I'm here for him. Carter's like, oh, you know, Mia Moore is like driving all over town to go see him. <laughs> the pacing of like these last couple chapters is very strange. Yes. Well, because before, so Carter gets out he gets arrested, but men, then Mia Moore gets in the car because she's going, I don't know remember where she's driving unless she's just getting out, but she's driving. And then all of a sudden Mecca's in her back seat. Don't know how yeah. she got in her car. Oh, wasn't she driving Carter's car? Yeah. She's driving Carter's car. How did he know she was going to pick that? I mean, I guess that's the car she came in, whatever. <laughs> so he like covers her mouth with the, uh, he drugs her and she wakes up. While she's in a driving. Basement. While she's, While she's trying to make crash. <laughs> These dumb fucks. I'm sorry. And then she like wakes up tied to a chair mm-hmm. in a freezing cold basement. What was with, you know what, more than the, like, this was probably the worst scene for me. This was the worst. This was when I was like, this is too much. Like, this is way yeah. too much. So we don't want, I don't think we want to get into really graphic detail, but he's beating her very severely and it's just real gross and really off from everything else that happened. Yeah. Torturing her basically. Yeah. We also learned that Breeze is still alive. Yes. Which I want to get to. So it's like, so we see her being tortured. We see the other two murder mamas getting on a plane. They're like, we're going to Miami or we're going to LA. Everybody's going to the West Coast. Everybody's going to the West Coast. Then we cut to Mati, who's just making juice in a kitchen in Haiti. <laughs> just cutting up fruit. And it's like, oh, yeah, Mati, I forgot about him. And he's, yeah. like, obviously kind of lost at this point. He's talking about yes. his sleeping princess, all this stuff. And we find out that he has, you know, he was going to kill Breeze. We find out that, you know, they kidnapped Breeze. They were holding her. He was going to kill her. He was like, I can't kill her. She's too beautiful and virginal. <laughs> too too light-skinned. <laughs> She's too light-skinned to be killed. So he somehow takes her to 
in a coma, takes her to um, Haiti, where he's up in the mountains or the hills or something, in this like soundproof <laughs> treehouse, hidden tr- like clubhouse, something. Uh, with all like special doors it's like room like she can't she wakes up she's like I've been in a coma for six months and he's like yeah and she can't escape because like none of the windows work and all this stuff um and it's like what's gonna happen here and then um you know he does there is a rape here like it's again like these last couple chapters is like the rough rough um but he basically is saying, like, you're going to be my princess and you can't escape. And yeah. that's where we leave Breeze. And Mia Moore. We leave Mia, with Mia Moore. Moore. She's like, come at me. come Because Fabian pops up and Fabian. her, there's, there's two torture dungeons. <laughs> Fabian pops up and he's like, remember me? And he pulls down his pants to show that he has no genitals. And I was like, yes, Fabian, we remember you. You didn't have to pull your pants down. <laughs> that's how he introduces himself to multiple people in the when right, he does the same Becca, thing to Becca. And Becca, I remember again, like with the homophobia, Becca's like, oh, I don't want to see that. And it's like, so it bothers you more that a man will pull down his pants, the fact that you would see a dick. That bothers you more than the fact that you would not see one, that you would see a hacked off dick. <laughs> I think I would be more upset to see someone like mutilated. I you know would, what I mean? Yes. And so I don't know, but it was just I just you said that, and I was like, that was not the first time. Fabian introduces himself like Dick first. It's just well, you know, Stump first. <laughs> and they make it clear that he still has his balls. Oh God! So there's a lot going on. <laughs> but and that is the end sorry. of the book. I'm sorry. <laughs> because they do make it clear. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> I'm sorry. Because <laughs> it changes your mental image of what's happening. It does, and I don't mm-hmm. like it. It's just like you have to go back in all those scenes and have balls. <laughs> Again, if he had just grabbed it and got into an emergency room, he could have come out, you know, maybe a little crooked, but okay. But you know what? I would have panicked too. And maybe, you know, how many times have you like run out to do something, you forget your phone? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just say it. Like, I'm not going to fault him for that. It's just because they also make a point during that scene to point out that he wakes up and like he looks over and his dick is like at eye level. (laughs) Which is so disrespectful. Like like, things are not where they're supposed to be. Oh, my stomach hurts. Okay. So yeah, so Fabian's like they're both in there. Basically Mia Moore is like, come on bitch, come at me. And that's where the cliffhanger ends. And they yeah. tell us to read Cartel 2 for more. And I'm like, no, thank you. Yes. It's it's a lot. Like, this is its whole series. And I think that that's why this was so popular, because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Fast and the Furious at this point. Like, <laughs> just whatever goes, you know? I think it's kind of cool that they're just like, well, fuck it. We're going to take these characters. We're going to do whatever we want with them. Right. We're gonna and it's play- like... 
if they could get over the homophobia and the colorism and the weird hate towards Haitians, like that's weird. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and then I think just those last scenes with like Breeze and Mia Moore, like especially that scene with Mia Moore, that just went, that was too much. Like that was way too much. It was scene where a whole bunch of people are getting murdered. I was thinking, cause while you picked this, I was thinking, cause we were talking about how dated things were mm-hmm. like we, sh- and I think, I don't know if urban is urban. Do you think urban lit is still as big as it was during the odds? Cause it feels like there was a real heyday for urban lit. And yeah. it feels like it was in the nineties and in the aughts. I don't know. I would love, love, love to have an urban lit author on kind of to describe the scene. <gasps> we got to get that. Like we have had for romance. Yes, we have to do that. We've got to find, it would be cool to get like an upcoming one because I want to read one that's new. Yeah. Just so I could stop being distracted by like the, the flow. The, there was a sidekick or there was a two-way mention in one of them. <laughs> and so, and just to see like, what would be, what would be the shit now? Like what would be the stuff that's getting name dropped? Right. And how has like digital publishing like change the game, like change the, you know, what people are doing. Yeah. Oh, you have serious questions. <laughs> so yeah, we kinda... like, I think um, this could be us, what you play in. I think that's the most contemporary or the most recent that we've read. Yeah. Followed by hold you down. Yes. And I think that um, everything else was like, not like old big house published or whatever, but I, and remind me if I'm wrong, but uh, this could be us, what you play in was like, it wasn't indie. It wasn't self-published. It was it published, was like, I think, through a smaller publishing house that publishes right. a lot of urban fic. Right. So I would be interested to see, like, is that more common nowadays? Like, you know, like, how is it done nowadays? Yeah. Because the others seem like more medium-sized houses. Like, there's more, definitely, like, these are better edited. Like, we talked a lot about that. You can see more resources put into yes. it. Yes. And I think it looks like the latter books in the Cartel series actually had a print publication. Like, I don't know if a, if this first book was ever mm-hmm. printed, like, in paper, like, at a print run. But, yeah, and like you said, like, they all have audio, like. There's a lot of them on Hoopla. And sometimes I tell myself, oh, I should check it out. And then I don't because I'm like, I can't. <laughs> There's a lot. Well, Danny. Overall, what did you think of this book? I actually ranked them. And I think if I were to rank them, Mm -hmm. I think Coldest Winter Ever would be my top pick. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I have to respect Winter. Like, compared to all these people, she was, like, the real... She's, like, the real genuine OG. Like, she knows knows money. She knows high-class things. She knows about that life. You ain't getting her. And she will... She was also maybe a little sociopathic. But, you know, she was about it. I would actually put this one at number two. I didn't hate it as much as this could be us, but you plan. Or um, I think it would go coldest winter ever, um, cartel, (sighs) reluctantly. uh, Okay, maybe it would be hold you down, Mm -hmm. then addicted. Then this could be us, but you plan. The only thing that puts addicted below hold you down is all the gross, like, sex stuff. Like, the the period, panty, seat, like, all that. (laughs) It still haunts me. <laughs> so that Ooh. would be my ranking. Interesting. Because 
Because I did appreciate that, like, their relationship felt like they were compatible and they were, like, I really was waiting for that big face-off where he realized she was part of, like, in conjunction with the Haitians and he realized, she realized she was the brother, Mm -hmm. like, whatever. I was waiting for that moment that the synopsis promised and it wasn't delivered. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. So (laughs) I'm not doing it. So, and like, it probably would have ranked a little higher if it had given me that, because really, that's what I was waiting for. Mm-hmm. That that's seemed like the big thing. Conflict. Yeah, that was a big conflict. So, I was like, Ooh. boo. So. If I had to rate them, I would probably say, hold you down, number one. Okay. <laughs> then I put the cartel. Then I would put coldest winter ever. Then I would put um, this could be us what you play in, and last for me would have to be addicted. So like we're not too far off. We yeah. still have similar ones towards the top and similar ones <laughs> towards the bottom. <laughs> okay, would you recommend this book? Um, I feel like for like if you enjoy the genre, you probably would enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Again, the only thing I wish it was better was the, the writing. Like, as we say, pen to page, the writing was a bit better. It's mm-hmm. just, like, when they, des- if you're gonna, when they describe scenes, like, people getting shot or murdered, like, I should, you should, like, describe it, write it out. Mm-hmm. It's always just, like, he walked up and he shot him in the head and then that was it. It's like someone's repeating something that happened or I'm reading a news article. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the writing could just be a bit more lush. Mm-hmm. I see something. what you're saying. Yeah. It's a lot of telling. And then they would tell us the obvious things. <laughs> his right hand man, he was sitting on his right. Yeah, it's like that or like there was one thing that kind of got me at the end where Mecca comes back or where Zayir comes back and it's like no one or he never admitted to any of them that he was the last person to see her alive or whatever it was. It's like, well, we know that like stop repeating dumb things. Yeah. Or or Lena's the cat was the truth was out of the the cat was out of the bag, whatever she says, the truth was now revealed. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess it is. It's like, yeah, you watch you two fucking for like two straight hours, you know. <laughs> he was there from start to finish. He pretty much participated in it himself. <laughs> um so yeah, that was just the writing. But I think if you enjoy these type of books I think this was one you probably enjoy. I would really like, now that you say it, I really would just love to get an author or like a super fan. Yeah, like a podcaster. I don't know if there's like anyone or a blog. We can look. Yeah, we got to do some research because I just want someone, because I think it's really interesting. I think it seems like people who read these books are equally voracious. Mm-hmm. Like romance. romance yeah. yeah. Because you and have do, to be. Yeah. I see a lot of overlap. Yeah. Like with romance. Romance and crime. Yeah. A lot Mm -hmm. of women, they Mm -hmm. care about the relationship, reading a lot. You have to be to keep up with what, 10 books in a series? Mm -hmm. It's a similar thing. So I've softened my opinion. Like, I just, I don't hate it as much. It's just not for me. Like, yeah. And that's fair. Yeah. And again, I have no, I am in no way a book snob. I think if you know what I'm reading, I have no right to be a book snob. that's fair it's like not everything is going to be for everybody you know yeah and I fully admit that Urban Lit January is like a Molly endeavor um (laughs) it's a trade-off for I think uh romance and 
And I don't hate it. I always love recording and I always love the conversation. Like they're always my favorite conversations. Like I look forward yeah. to recording when we do these. And I just tell myself, Danielle, you just have to read it so you can do the recording. And that's how mm-hmm. I make it through. See, and I read this like in two days. And it probably would have been one day if I had, when I got to the dick chopping scene, I was like, that's enough for today. And I, just, <laughs> I was like, no more of this today. Just slowly close the Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> right? I like to read it on Kindle. It's like, and close that. That's funny because, like, I kept texting or I guess tweeting Molly, like, every <laughs> different moment. I think she could tell, like, depending on what I sent her, where I was. And right. it took me, I finished this book like two, no, I finished this book around two o'clock today. <laughs> so only a couple hours before we started recording. Mm-hmm. So, and I was just like, Danielle, you just, you just gotta keep going because you ain't even at the next yet. And then she would keep saying that, and I'd get so scared. I'm like, how? <laughs> I'm like, how? How did she? It was because it was funny. You're like, what? <laughs> how? How does it get weirder? So, so yeah, I would recommend it again. You, I think, would would you recommend it? You drank it too, right? You know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't like again because that last scene just like took me out so much and then there's like some things that Mia Moore talks about her backstory that are really violent and upsetting so it like vacillates between being like kind of goofy or sexy or you know slap slap fart and then it's like this really like violent horrible thing happening and you're like whoa (laughs) it's giving me whiplash like so while it is fun in some senses, again, it's it's there's a lot of violence. The last scene is too much. Um, if you're sensitive to that, then I would probably say go read Hold You Down instead. Yeah. Um, but I'm not I'm not mad at it, and I might pick up the uh, the Lacroix sisters or the when the the ladies take over. <laughs> And saying that again, it reminds me of like we were talking genre conventions. That also seems like something that has to be. Everyone comes from someone. There has to be a major character with some, yeah, really bad growing up or situation growing up. Dominique Mm -hmm. was abused by her mom. Yeah, Dominique's mom was like. She she was Mary from Precious. (laughs) She was. mm, So. Yeah. I think in. Uh, coldest winter ever that role was taken up by winter she was traumatizing everybody else <laughs> yeah winter was the abusive mom <laughs> yeah because she was real hateful to her mom and well, just to everybody winter i think had... that scene where she robbed the old lady and threw up and took her purse does winter have twin siblings oh, i can't remember i don't know if they're twins she definitely has a younger sibling because she like at one point she's like fuck y'all and she bounces <laughs> and leaves them like with her evil aunt <laughs> Winter was not about it. He was not. So I don't, I just appreciate like Winter of all the characters who are like out here stunting and balling and all that other stuff. She's legit. Unique See? Unique's gang just really disappointed me. You can't say you're balling when you're like clubbing at T Billy Buffett. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's what I like. I'm like, we're hard. But at the same time, I was like, but I will like spend a day just crying in bed if like my man talks to me with a harsh tone. <laughs> So, Noel's kind of completely useless as a character in this book. Who? Taryn. 
Yeah. I mean, Taryn is just there to, like, be armed. Die beautifully. Yeah. She's a status symbol for Carter. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, really... Her dad, like, cuts her off. He's like, he's the only one who can... Since, you know, my daughter can't bear any more children. I was like, but you still still have a granddaughter. And again, that last name is Carter. Like, they can't carry on your name. It's wild. Well, we learned her brother gets killed when he's, like, 10. So... Oh, right! Yeah. I completely fucking forgot about that. Because it doesn't come up anywhere. It's not important, like, to the rest of the story. Yeah, it's just mentioned, like, in passing. I also love the hair brushing scene. Taryn and Breeze. Taryn and Breeze just brushing... Taryn brushing Breeze's straight long hair. It was a bonding activity. Yeah, those those two. And it's like... Yeah, Breeze really doesn't... I mean, Breeze gets kidnapped and she goes shopping. Taryn drinks the poison champagne. And that's about it. And wears the stilettos. Yes. It's just those two. They have no Zier. We didn't talk about this, but like when Zier and Breeze meet, like he immediately like calls her for what she is, and he's yeah. not wrong. Like he's, he's not wrong. Not wrong at all. She should be a little bit more aware of what the hell is going on. A little bit, yeah. It's like because while I do agree that her way was correct, like they should just be throwing parties. They should just that would have been before. Mecca went out and killed half, you know, a whole bunch of people. And, and we completely forgot the whole Scarface scene where Estes like men oh. come after him and he's like about to jump off, like commit suicide in the pool. I don't know what he was trying to do exactly. And then, I'm like, that's like, not gonna work, boo. Three yeah, stories like, not enough to kill you. Not, especially if you're jumping into a pool. Like, I don't know that that's gonna, you're gonna get hurt. But I don't think you're going to die. I don't think it's fatal unless you, like, land directly on your head. Yeah. But then, like, Estes' men come up and he kills, like, 40 people. And it's like, how? I thought you were talking about the other scene where they describe how he just goes, like, he plants his whole face into a thing of (laughs) crickets. Yeah, that's the same scene. Oh, and they just describe how he lifts it up with his red shot eye. Yeah, yeah. It's there's more in this book, obviously, but it's just it's just a whole lot. Like it was much more aware of like structure. Like yeah. it's better edited than some of the other yeah. like compared to it's not fair, I think, to compare it to the big titles, but compared to like this could be us, but you plan, it was much better. Yeah, it definitely had like big scenes that you remember and um, like you said, structures. It's like here we are at the funeral, and this, this, and that is going to happen. And you know, there were I had a sense of what the characters look like. You know, I always say that. Um, you know, they were either light skinned Dominicans or dark, evil Haitians, dreads, <laughs> dreadlocks. And then it's like, you know, I I knew you know what the characters' motivations are. They want to shop, or they want to have sex, or they want to eat eggs. yeah so yeah i didn't get like that muddled characteristics forgetting who people were or anything yeah i was looking back at my notes i only made it to 18 percent of this could be us but you play it so the fact that (laughs) i could finish this says something i didn't realize i quit so early on that one because i think at that point i had never dnf'd any of our books before and i was like you know what i'm tapping out 
And you know what? That one's interesting because when we talk about like status, like the people in this book, they're definitely like the richest. They definitely have the fanciest tastes and everything. Because I think if this could be a switchy play, like they have a fight at like the Red Lobster parking lot or something. Or maybe like it was Long John Silver's and she pulled out all her weed. Yeah, there was a, they were also, they were struggling. Yeah, they were struggling. Even though like, weren't they like flipping houses or something? Like million dollar houses. So I don't know. I compared it to R. Kelly's sex tape and unwashed chitlins. I forgot writing this review. So yeah, I tone has definitely softened since the first year we did this. Mm-hmm. So you gave I do it feel like that the least polished of all of them. Yeah. And as an editor, I think that that's what she said really got to you. <laughs> I can't help it. Cash it. Cash it. I think it's too late to ask her to be on the podcast. She follows us. She probably read my review. <laughs> Cash it. I liked it. I got two your books. That's the, I remember that discovering you like you're like you know I liked it and I bought two more books. No, I I only bought one more. <laughs> I think I deleted it. I was like I paid for it. I definitely returned Cartel. Oh really? I'm keeping Cartel. And like I, I said, my... <laughs> I'm just gonna figure out which one. I, I'm not gonna read two or three. I'm sorry. So, well, that on was, that note, yes. What are you reading, Danielle? I am reading. Hold on, let me get my. I am reading some. Well. I was technically reading um, The Burning God mm. from the Poppy War book three, but it's a library loan and I'm, it's a 600 page book. I haven't finished it and I'm going to lose it. So it's probably, I have to go back on the whole list. So that one's going to be put on pause. I may just break down and buy the audiobook. Um, but the one I'm actively reading is Lead from the, uh, Lead from the Outside, How sorry, How to Build Your Future and Make Real Change by Stacey Abrams. Because I bought, mm-hmm. after Georgia flipped, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, let's help Stacey get her coin. So I went and bought mm-hmm. her newest book. But before I started that, I wanted to read the one she wrote first. Mm-hmm. So, which I turned out, this is actually a, a republished issue. It was originally titled Minority Report, Minority Leader, How mm-hmm. to Build Your Future and Make Real Change. So I'm reading that, and then I plan to start her next book, um, Our Time, Our, I think it's I don't remember. I think it's like our time is now. Yes, our time is now. And so I think it's supposed to offer more of like a actual blueprint mm-hmm. on how to, um, you know, make help progressive causes. So basically the things she's learned in her work in Georgia and with, you know, voter registration and how like tips on how to do that, how we could roll it out in other areas. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. So it's she narrates the audiobook, Son Hoopla. Oh, I love okay. Hoopla. So... <laughs> half my reading is usually hoopla because you don't have to wait and they've got a really huge audiobook library yeah they do um so that's what i've been reading how about you molly um so i finished that rhythm of war that big nerdy fantasy (laughs) and i'll just say it seems like the author is like newly woke what makes you say that because there was like a lot of things about like there's a character who gets caught and it's a child character and they bring her out she's in a cage and like one of the characters is like really upset he's like i'm seeing a kid in a cage i don't like like i need to do something right now because kids don't belong in cages Uh, um so it's 
Yes. So it seems like more so like, and maybe I'm projecting like, but I mean, that seemed pretty, pretty. On the nose. <laughs> on the nose. Um, and then this other character goes on trial to like to convince the this like, uh, it's like the humans in this character come to a world where people already live. And they war with these people for thousands and thousands of years. But the humans don't realize is that they are the invaders on this planet, basically. Mm. And the other people are kind of in the right. So when, like, this big thing's going to happen that's going to kill everyone on the planet, the humans need these other beings, like, to come to their side. But the other people are like, okay, well, we helped you out, like, a thousand years ago. And guess what, bitch? Like, we lived thousands of years, so we remember that shit. And like, a whole bunch of us died, and you did this and that. So this character, who is white in this world, <laughs> goes on trial, and he repeatedly says, you can't judge me for what my ancestors did. You can't judge me for what my ancestors oh. did. And I was like, I wish you would, like, that's you had such an interesting idea here, but I wish you really, like, thought that through. I yeah. wish you really thought that plot point there. That's minor in this very long book, um, but it really took me out every time. What yeah. I really just disliked was it's just kind of dull. Like there's a lot yeah. of like equations and a lot <laughs> of like talking about like solvents and math. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, you know, the character that I really like who can like fucking fly and stuff. He's, it does, it, takes a moment to think about the mental health of the characters, which is very interesting. And he is like, hey, I am depressed. I have PTSD. And he kind of starts a support group, which you don't really see in fantasy books. He's like, hey, I need to get my head right. Um, but you know, I would, I would, that was cool, but I also like to see people like fly around and fighting with a big sword. <laughs> like, that's what you come to these books for. Fantasy so. stuff. Fantasy stuff. So I'd like I I would like for him to do a little bit more research if this is going to, you know, use so closely to real-ass world issues. It's like maybe educate yourself a little bit more on why people are upset. It's not just that, like, I am blaming white people for slavery. It's like, you continue to benefit. Like, I don't have to explain yes. this, but yeah. there's, like, generational benefits that you have from oppressing people that yeah. you yourself are benefiting from and it's like it's not that anyone is saying like your great 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 grandpa owned slaves so i hate you it's like that's simplifying the argument in a way that completely erases how racism operates today exactly. and i think that the story was set up to examine that but he couldn't really come to terms or he doesn't really understand that other side of the argument yet um uh -huh. So I don't know. We'll see. And again, that could all be projection, but um, that's another going to be a 10 book series. I have to figure out if I'm going to read it more. Um, and then I started, well, I just finished this one yesterday. So I'm going to start. Um, I think I read like several years ago, like that book where they're building the cathedral and it's like a thousand pages long. Um, I feel like I've heard you talk about this before. Yeah, so I didn't know you wrote like a prequel about like the Vikings and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, if you want to talk about a book where they just straight up say this happened, then that happened, then that happened. It's like, it's a very easy thing to read in the middle of the night where you're like, 
okay, I'm trying not to read the news because this guy's like, oh, I need to get string. And string is very difficult to come by nowadays. So I go over to the, you know, the, the ale house and it's it's very much like that. Um, Interesting. But the one I'm excited for, which I hope I'll talk about next time, is uh, Deacon King Kong by James McBride. Um, I've heard someone else talk about that one. Yeah. I think it was that date because that's a that's a standout title. You're not forgetting that, <laughs> right? Um, and it's I remember I read The Color of Water when I was in high school, and I really liked that book. Um, and then I know that he wrote a uh, what is it, The Good Lord Bird, um, which people like, but I haven't read yet. But I know that you know I've read some other stuff by him and. Uh, I just like him as an author a lot and um this it's supposed to be a little bit funnier it's like a period piece set in the 60s and this guy just straight up like walks to, over to a drug killer and just shoots him dead and they're like trying to figure out why the fuck he did this um so it just seemed like a more like you know not escapism but like kind of like uh the sellout um mm-hmm. oh <laughs> right? okay see that's Something like someone else said similar when I heard it before, and I was like, it piqued my interest. So, because I yeah. thought it fell out. Yeah, because it's like I haven't, I can't say that I've ever read anything exactly like the sellout, but I keep looking. So, well, there's a book called Black Buck that's coming out, but like, I don't know. After I've heard that one and then I heard this one, it's like, I really want, I want something in that vein, and I'm gonna read till I find it. It's like, we gotta do like, I think we have to do like a Patreon or a sellout because it's like I've never read a book that was like so blatantly, wildly unapologetic, unapologetically racist, but still like I was laughing and recommended to people. The scene where he has the old, where he has to threaten to run the old man. And he's like, "Look out, man, Frederick Douglass!" <laughs> like. I love that book. Yes, we've been saying that for a few years, and we're gonna think we special. Yeah, that I can re-listen to it. Like even when I see like Kamala Harris, like in her um, (laughs) in her suit. suit. Oh, her uh, her her uh, her. Oh, Timberlands. um, Her Tims, and then her um, her the Vogue cover where she had on Chuck Converse. Yeah, and it's like she was so known for wearing like uh, red bottoms, like that it's in this book that she's got on the Louboutins. Like, yes, I it love just it. captured like LA in that moment, like just so viscerally. Like, I literally, love, he's going I to love, chicken place we went to. So, I love mm. that speech she gives. <laughs> <laughs> and two of the goddamn Ten Commandments. Right. I mean, he's on trial for like trying to bring back segregation. (laughs) (laughs) That like why that needs to be a show. That could be a hilarious limited series. I could be, but I feel like so much of it is like the language too. Like when he's talking about those oranges that they eat, and it's like just so like there's just throwing so much like just language at you that it's really like. I could see the story working well, but I feel like I would hope that people would go and read the book too. Cause it's just like, again, like we're going to have to do a whole episode on it. And if you know a book that's like that, it doesn't necessarily have to be satire. Cause I don't think that that's what we like about it on its own, but 
it's yeah. sharp though. It, it is sharp. And it's just, and just like how it can be so funny, but so like oppressively like grim at the same time. I need to listen to it again. The one where he gets re- Chernobyl rejects them as a sister city. <laughs> He's like, I didn't even know Chernobyl was a city. Oh, I'm and gonna a, read that book again. An amazing audiobook, like one of the best audiobook performances. Oh, that that narrator. I, if he didn't win an award, it's a damn crime. Yeah, because he reads the hell out of that book. He really does. So as always, we want to thank our patrons, Martel, Jennifer, Ancella, Therese, Melissa, Catherine, Katie, Emily, Allie, Kat, Montera, Maria, Adoria, Frank, Ellen, Sylvia, Brianna, and Curtis. We couldn't do it without y'all's support. Like literally. Danielle was like, uh, we can pay for books now. Like, <laughs> it was it's great. What? Web hosting. Web hosting. We won't have to get lucky with a retweet from NK Jemison. I'm putting it into the atmosphere, Danielle. We're going to get her. That would be great. We're going to get her, and I'm going to ask her if it's weird that I that her book made me thirst after. What's his name? <laughs> oh, I forgot his name, too. Nahadoth. Ryuk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, as always, if you would like to follow our shenanigans, and Molly's really doing a great job with Twitter. You can find us <laughs> at Black Chick Lit on Twitter, at VCL Podcast on Instagram. You can also email us at Black Chick Lit, uh, contact at blackchicklit.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We also have a Discord, or is that for just Patreon? Yes, if you join our Patreon for just $2 a month, you can join our Discord, mm-hmm. which we're hoping to build up into like a, just a community where we can act even more off the wall because it's semi-private. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna say thank you to uh, Sweet 45 also. Yes. Yusabarthine Jonesen. Jonesen. Which they let us use for free. If you would like to find their music, they're at soundcloud.com slash sweet45. That's S-U-I-T-E four five. Yeah, and I think that's it. I think that's that an episode. It. it is. That was a fun one. That was fun. So, we have not picked our next title yet because no, of course we haven't. But, that, well, we have a feeler out there. We gotta look oh, at. Oh, that's right. Thank you for reminding me. Coloring book. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. So yeah, okay. So we're ahead. Look at us go. All right. Well, thank you for listening, guys, and we'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.